conversation. Several murders. Could do us both a great deal of good. Look, Chalmers, let's understand each other. I don't like you. Come on now, don't be naive, Lieutenant. We both know how careers are made. Integrity is something you sell the public. You sell whatever you want, but don't sell it here tonight. Frank, we must all compromise. Bullshit. And welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that does I think what's this in the tin? It's best film ever. My name's Ian. I'm Liam. I'm Ethan. And I'm Georgia. Hey, the four of us are back. We're all back together. Guess who's back? Back Back again. again. Ethan's back. Tell, well, Hermes. (laughs) (laughs) I feel with my absence, I've lost any Tim Ethan people. Oh, I don't know. They they, they still... Uh, They still chant you. Yeah. You're... It's, l- it's low-hanging fruit, isn't it? <laughs> I'm going to support Ethan. Yeah. What? I'm going to be different. Ethan, if your track record hasn't disqualified you already, it's not going to do it now. <laughs> I've not done anything too bad, I'm sure. There we go. Um, so, uh, yeah, episode 149. Next week, 150. Wow, oh. big fight, 150. Yep, the big... Wow. You kind of stumbled there, the big fight. One fight. Fu- <laughs> 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 you had one job. One. <laughs> Singular sensation. Every step you take. I'll tell you what was a singular sensation. Last week we did Black Panther and it went well. Yeah, you did. It went well. It was a fun conversation. There's some there's some fallout from that, which we'll talk about in a second. Uh, but first off, I'll tell you what, there's never any fallout from. Positive fallout, maybe. Come. That's our friends of the podcast, our hey. Patreon backers. That's a patreon.com slash BFE. We kept it simple for you. I'm talking about Reverend Bruce. Woo. I'm talking about Julene. Yeah. I'm talking about Hermes. Ooh. I'm talking about Lena. Come on. Oberholzer. Yeah. yeah. I'm talking about not one McRae. We have two McRae's. Katie McRae. I'm talking about Anthony and Davies. Yeah. Making it so. Making it so. I'm talking about Chris Peterson. Woo. Hey. I'm talking about Randall. Still don't know his handle, Silva. <laughs> Probably yeah, not man. on Twitter. <laughs> I'm talking about not just a friend, not just the poet laureate. He's Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like the horn sound effect. <laughs> I was going for. <laughs> I'm talking about the Yeetmeister. Yeet. I'm talking about Nate. Hey, always great. He's the great. great. Yeah. I'm talking about Andy Dixon. Woo! I'm talking about Holly Callen. Hell yeah. I'm talking about Sheezy. With, with a fish, fish on a bike. bike. I'm talking about Richard. Woo! And I'm talking about the newest one in the pool, Ryan Kukat. That's the record for the most time I've spent doing that. Ryan Kukats and kittens. Let's do some reflections and corrections. I want to say tell, <laughs> tell you what I, I I saw something else somewhere out there. Yeah, I did in the too. great in the great sphere. Yeah, imitation is, is the sincerest form of laziness. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Uh, oh, I'm okay. I'm okay. Wicked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh dear. The BFE man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the V stands for. 
Uh, well, best. Better. Liter- literally, it stands for best. That's what we do. Simply the best. We're better than the. Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna have to cut that. I'm gonna bleep that. Three three thirty. Free therapy. Because <laughs> you forget. I think I remember. I forget that. Um, we'll lose the listener. Yeah. So we go. So um, where are we at here? Um, reflections and corrections. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, before we project on the next week, let's look at what we got going on here. And that is, um, first thing I did was, I, I I made a big deal last week about the uh, the challenge and how I thought that T'Challa cheated at the challenge. T'Challa cheated at the challenge. At the challenge. There we are. And so I put it out there to the Twitter peeps, who, as we know, as we know, ever since Elon Musk has taken a hold of Twitter, <laughs> just stupid people running this thing right now, right? I've seen the what result. Don't get angsty because you lost. To be fair, seven Everyone's people voted. Up Twitter right now. I, I, meant, I meant to put it like up at the start of the week. Totally forgot. Oh, yeah. Wait, seven what votes. Was the, what was the the, the the challenge at the beginning? So he, he, no, no. Here's the thing: the challenge yeah. that happens with with Killmonger, Ethan. I'm curious to get yeah. to get your perspective. Yeah, Killmonger's going for the kill shot. Literally the kill shot. Yeah. And Forrest Whitaker blocks the kill shot. Yeah, blocks it. Far as I'm concerned, challenge over. Killmonger wins. Null and void. Yeah. The referee literally saves one of the participants. <laughs> Not allowed. He's like, if you want to kill someone, kill me. No, no. He wants to be king of Wakanda. This is what we do. Yeah, yeah. It's so not he, just all about you, yeah, Forrest. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Just stop running, Forrest. Couldn't see the forest through the trees. Couldn't see the forest through the trees. Yeah. So that is cheat one. Cheat too, because right. I got a lot of. Well, no, because it's he didn't die. He threw him off the waterfall. Okay, he's found in by Jimmy the fisherman, right down in the river. <laughs> which I don't know how the mountain guy found him down in the river that was below he was fishing. Anyway, but they're vegetarian. They're, is my favorite thing. They're vegetarian and they're not pescatarian. Vegetarian. Mm. At I which, love you, Nemo. At which point, one of the groups is called you know the Riverlands. <laughs> so. But they get him up there, and they're told, if you move him, he will die. At which point, if he dies, guess who just won the challenge? Exactly. So for the second time, let's give him the herb. Hang on. Aren't we supposed to only give him the herb if he wins? The rules don't matter. We want our guy to win. We need to save him. Can you please put the H on herb? It upsets me, if not. Yeah, anyway, uh, you hal- well, I would say you ha- lost, but I didn't. Uh, that's not what happened. People had your back on this one. because people Eric does have the herb, the, the herb as well. No, but he gets her because he thought uh, he'd won. They're, they're still going the challenges. And if the challenge isn't over, then you can't give him the herb. <laughs> Just so they're both cheating. Well, no, because like, he, either, no, no, either he's way, totally, he's not, a, he's totally, no, because when and he walks, he when he walks to the throne, no one stops him and says, no, no, you haven't won this. Everybody assumes he's dead. Yep. No, it's totally fine. I feel um, if the guy comes back, you could, like, I know that, like, from, from the optic point of view, sure, but also optically, we're, we're going to genocide a lot of white people and maybe we don't do that. <laughs> Yes, but that's not the point. The point isn't, isn't he, is he a good guy? That's not the question. The question was, if this is your system of how you determine who the king is, that you can't change when you go, but he's a bad person. Oh, then the rules are off. It's a bit he, like he is a bad person. Shit. It was a bit like when when we was going through. Then that should be your deciding factor, not this. It's a bit, it's a bit like. <laughs> it's, well, I promise I'll throw it back to you. Okay. It seems kind of weird. You go, oh, we don't want bad people. Then why is your like challenge like literal fight to the death, barbaric bloodshed? There is this. Thank you. The of the story with with Black Panther is 
maybe we should just stop doing stuff that's soaked in tradition that we don't really understand anyway. We did say this as that well. Wasn't the message uh, in the movie? <laughs> <laughs> no. Let if the any, past die. If anything, Mbaku is like the ultimate, like, like yeah, tradition's good. Mbaku, yeah. thank you. Yeah, yeah. I love Mbaku. Yeah. Um, so there was one. Here was the next one, and it had to do oh, with. Uh, well, I'll let, I'll let the clip play for itself, shall I? Oh dear. But does he know how to fly a Wakandan? No, because she no, says she puts she it says, in American yeah, mode for him. America, but she did say that. She absolutely says that. There's a switch in case you have various nationalities. She said, I've made it out to If it was Canada, it would look like a, a canoe. It would not be a horse. No, we don't really ride that many horses. We'd probably have way more time in canoes. Most famous police are mounted. Oh, that is true. <laughs> but we wouldn't call them pilots. Do you not pilot a horse? You pilot a canoe. <laughs> Do you, I don't think you pilot a canoe. You captain a canoe. In, in, in Canada, you pilot a canoe. <laughs> no, no, that is horse. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to break this to you. you the official term is you pilot a canoe. <laughs> Did I know that? I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> isn't real. No, you look up the words, put it in quotes, pilot a canoe. You pilot any boat. Yeah, yeah, any yeah, boat yeah, that yeah. you move and a canoe counts in that classification is you pilot it. So it's 100% you pilot a canoe. Uh, that's funny. Yep. So there we go. I'll let you look that up, but that is 100% what happened. Crikey. So there we are. Uh, so uh, outside of that, I really enjoyed um, I really enjoyed the episode last week. I thought it was really, really strong. So uh, there is what we have as far as that goes. I have to apologize. I haven't done the gift of the week this week yet. Oh, I'll do that next week. I, uh, okay. To do it in real time would be... Oh, no, hang on. I know exactly who it is. I just got to scroll and find it. So I'm literally going to my going to the Twitter for the, for the podcast. There we are. And Live just scrolling through. Live on air. Here we are. Uh, so if I go ahead and do... Uh, this here, we, I'm trying to remember what day it was that we started this, and here we go. We want to give a big shout out, as always, to Carlo in the movie Loot, yeah, absolutely. who does great stuff. We oh, I got a cough for a minute. Thanks for filling the space, guys. Um, <laughs> There's three of you. I even announced what I was doing. I have the thing about boats. You could have gone like, do, do, do. or gone, I'll jump in here. No, I just let him struggle. <laughs> I didn't know he was going to do what he was going to do. Nope. Uh, big shout out to Latin Jukebox. Thank you, as always. Uh, another one for Dwayne Smith. Why not? Dwayne Smith. Yep. Uh, I, I'm going to keep going with the shout outs now. You can, right? Now, uh, we got a shout out that goes <laughs> to uh, Josh, my next favorite movie. Hey, Josh. Who always hey. gives us love when he starts listening to us. Thank you so much. Uh, apologies. Chris Peterson put an entry for that for the gift of the week. It ain't winning. <laughs> gift of the week winner. And someone else took this and riffed on it, but it's not as good. You know me. I love me some pro wrestling. Uh-huh. There is a move in pro wrestling called the spear. Oh. And uh, Dwayne Smith has put Goldberg spearing, I think it's Dolph Ziggler, out of his absolute <laughs> shoes here. And it just looks amazing. So the winner is going to be Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. There we are. It is pretty good as far as that goes. Andy Dixon also tried to get in on the love there. Thanks a lot for that. Dwayne's saying he's watched all the headless episodes. He's a couple ahead of me. I need to finish that. That's what we're waiting on, Dwayne. If you're like, what's the, where's the interview? It's on me. I'm in a really busy spot at work for the next two, uh, this week, this week, and then I'm kind of on the other side of it. I also need to catch up because I mutuals on Twitter with Christina Ariel, and I feel bad whenever everyone's promoting it, and I'm like, oh no, maybe I should continue watching it. And I you love absolutely Matt Mercer. Should. I lo- yeah, I love Matt Mercer so much. 
Uh, Ian Davies tried to get it on the gift of the week. Thank you very much. Russell Osborne, who did the, I prefer the match. I prefer the wrestlers. It was Edge spearing Mick Foley through a flaming table. Wow. Doesn't look as cool because you don't actually see the spear. You're just seeing the after effect of the spear. Oh, okay. So that would be my issue with that. If it was a different, if it was timed differently, it would be better. Um, what else do we have here? <laughs> Russell Osborne, give me some more wrestling love. He's, I know what he's trying to do here. Well done, you. <laughs> well done, you. Um, <laughs> definitely some more for in Film We Trust podcast. Thanks for all the love there. I uh, also want to give some love and some shout outs to. We're very lucky with the number of people who kind of stay in contact with us and create a community here all the time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Georgia, what did you have as far as your. Uh, about thing? Yeah. Okay. So the most generic term is piloting. But I found some specifics. Wait, don't generic yeah, me out. No, it is. So by generic, you mean the most widely used? Common, but generic. So it's, there is ones that are more specific to different types of boats. Mm. So I found... Boats, boats, boats. Buttery biscuit boats. <laughs> <laughs> no, that boats, boats, boats is... It's, it's a how much of other thing. Oh, okay. Boats, I was boats, doing boats. A, um, bake off thing. Yep. Um, it depends on the boat. You may be co- coxing if you sit at the back of a rowing boat. If you're if you're um, uh, yeah a, a rowing boat yeah, yeah if you're a sailing boat you'd be sailing the boat um you might be skippering or captaining or driving or steering you drive an engined boat yes 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 but you pilot a canoe or you <laughs> which was the basis of this whole thing it was to be fair and you know who wouldn't forget that Kev from the podcast <laughs> that wouldn't die thanks for all the love Kev uh, what else does she do? you know George is beaten when she just gets quiet. <laughs> Rather than go, yes, you're right. It just gets uh eerily quiet. Uh I don't like telling you you're right because you know you're right so much of the time that I just you just don't need me. I don't have it it. set up anymore, but acknowledge me. (laughs) Um, Also acknowledging me or a big shout out one or two the Film Effect Podcast. Ed, thanks for all the love there. Uh, what else do we have here? That's more from Nate the Great, and that's where we've hit it. So thank you very much. Sorry, it's a little. It was a little bit more of a rambly shout out this week, but uh, appreciate y'all. We do. I'm gonna busy. I haven't stopped. Wow. Since it's yesterday, I woke up, started working, then went and saw some friends in a, a musical production, mm-hmm. then got up in the morning, worked some more, then went and helped out a local Amgram Society, moved move some some stuff, some kit, came home, worked some more, then began the movie and took the notes, and then we hit record. Wow. That's been my weekend. Jeez. Yeah. So there That's we- dedication, people. That's all right. Every <laughs> now and then I put it together, yeah. Uh, what else do we you have here? You're under pressure, though, don't you? Um, he also needs as long as it's good pressure. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. As long as it's not stress. So, like, I remember there's been times pressure you know you can do. Yeah. My bigger issue is when I ask someone for help and they don't give me the help. Oh, okay. And I'm like, very rarely will I ask for help. Mm-hmm. But if I do, and then the person doesn't do it, or I feel doesn't do it, and like I did the one thing you asked me, great. You could you could have come back and gone to sort of thing else I could help you with because it, this, this never happens. Well, do you know I'm always here for you, bud. And if you need any help with computer this skills, this, oh, thank you, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, I'm your man. Yeah, I, then I do. You know, I, I had to help Ethan with his IT once we got started on the Zoom call. Jeez, um, what else? It's My fair- favorite part about that is it was already plugged in. I had to plug it, like plug it, take it out, and then plug it back in. It's always the simplest. Should be a catchphrase about that. Um, Fantasy football this week. uh, The one thing that I'm going to get out of this week is I should be guaranteed win this week. Because this week's battle of the BFE. 50 point difference. This week's battle of the BFE is me versus Ethan. It is. And I was still kind and went, hey, you need to change your quarterback out. 
Nah, did I? Did I? Hey, I warned him as well. Did I wait until after Thursday's game when the better quarterback was available? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that much of a gentleman. Where I went, hey, there's a really good quarterback playing tonight, and no one's got him. Hey, because Ryan Tannehill is back up for grabs. He is. He's playing again. He had a good he game. Is. He did. Yeah, <laughs> I dropped him. Didn't so I? yeah, you did. So uh, I'm not enough that I wanted him, but enough that I was like, if I was, if I had a quarterback on a bye week, yeah, I'd want him. I did. Um, I did look at him again to pick him up because Baker Mayfield was also available, and I was like, no, I can't do it. Yeah, that's a good call. Two, two, two of my two of my favorite uh, quarterbacks, <sighs> and I thought, now nah, I'm going to leave it. I'm happy with what I've got. I like the guys I've got. So I've got about three quarterbacks, I think. Yep. I don't need it. At one point, you had four. I did. And two kickers. Um, <laughs> yeah, but... Yeah, okay. I'm, in, I'm in seventh. Yeah. Are you? I'm five and five. I, I thought you were doing really well. Every week, Yahoo goes, Ian, you've amassed a really good team. I go, thank you, Yahoo. <laughs> they go, here's your prediction. You're going to win by at least 20 points. I go, thank you, Yahoo. <laughs> and then every week, like, my players don't do anything. <laughs> and by every week, I mean five out of the ten, because I'm five and five. So the bigger problem is that, like, I'm right. So it's not that I'm doing anything wrong because the experts all agree with me. Like, we're all the same mindset. So my logic is sound, but you just can't predict sometimes what's literally going to happen. You can't. You can't. And I feel so. Everybody who plays me has the best week of their life up Apart until from me. Up until last week. Up until last week, no one had faced opponents who had scored more points than me. Okay. So I'm the. I was the unluckiest player in the league. <laughs> That mantle has passed from me to someone else. Uh, so, in note, the person who picked up that mantle, hey, Liam, it's you. It is. <laughs> but to be fair, your team's also pretty poor. Yeah, yeah. but I have to I have to be with what I've got, I? you know, at the end of the day. Well, you did draft. <laughs> yeah, but badly, you know. You, you know. did, you did. But and you're playing. I'm trying to pick up where, where I'm, you know, I keep looking at plays it's every much, day. It's much more competitive this year. And it's harder this the year. Level, the level's much higher this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Stu's in fifth, you got him, and then George has got Reverend Bruce. Yeah. So, you know, up for grabs, lots of good stuff there. Um, let's take a look at this. Um, why not give us a review? Apple or Spotify, you know our goal of trying to get on Rotten Tomatoes. Five is the magic number. Five is the magic number. Now, Georgia asked, hey, are you guys doing a, can we talk about this for a two-minute segment? And I went, she did. I went, well, I hadn't planned it. And she was kind of very cagey. I'm like, do you want to talk to me? She went, yes. I said, what are you going to tell? She went, no, I'm not telling you. So <laughs> yeah. I said, okay, I will throw to you. So hopefully she's ready when I, when I throw to her in a moment. So, hey, guys, can we talk for two minutes about? Um, I was driving home today. And I just... This isn't a topic. No, it's, just, <laughs> it's not a Sorry, topic. Georgia, can you talk for two minutes about it? <laughs> okay, no. Well, how do we all feel about Christmas music? Because I, I had a Christmas, Christmas playlist music. on on the way home. And it made me very, very happy. But I have been... I had just spent the last four hours rehearsing for a Christmas show. So I wondered if... It, am I... Uh, it's November 20th. Am I premature in my Christmas playlist? No, or? because I play Christmas music even in the summer. That's too early. That's too far. People who no, aren't you never hear it in the summer. So the best time to play it <laughs> is in the summer. Time. Oh, it's great. I love it. I love. I love confusing people. So because of my shop, Retro Records and Toys, for all your retro needs, um, <laughs> uh, I play Christmas music in the summer, and people come in and they're not really listening, and then they'll go, they'll start humming along, they'll start singing along to the Christmas songs. They go, Are you playing Christmas songs? Yes, I am. What's your favorite I Christmas g- song? Oh, that's tough. Like pop Christmas song. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it used to be Wizard. I yeah. wish it could be Christmas only in the UK. Every day. Yeah, I know, right? I love that. When I came over here, it was like one of the ones I was like, that's cool. Love <laughs> it. But over the years, I don't know if it's because I got a bit more jaded about life <laughs> or getting older, but. 
Is it Fairytale New York? Fairytale New York. Yeah, it's a big one over here, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Mm. It really saw a, It didn't speak to me as a kid, but it speaks to me now. So we kind of got two questions George has asked us now, and I have to unpack that. You do? Yeah, go for it. Well, because okay. you were busy eating the burger I bought you. Yes, thank you very much for that. You're very welcome. It is nice when someone goes, hey, you got McDonald's. Do you want anything? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm a good egg. Yes, I do. Um, I would go with, um, in America, I think they would say no Christmas music before Thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving is the last Thursday of the month. So okay. Thanksgiving's coming Next up. Thursday, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. In Canada and America kind of share a market, although we're not really, we don't, we don't do Thanksgiving at the same time they do, but I think it's a similar kind of time frame. I'm all in on Christmas this year. I'm all, all in on Christmas this year. We've, we've had a rubbish two to three years. We have. Mm. So I was coming out of Tesco a couple of days ago and heard, I think it was Mariah Carey all on for Christmas this oh, year. Oh, yeah, that. that played on my playlist. And I was, I was smiling. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, no, it wasn't. You know what it was? It was Paul McCartney and Wings simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love this. And, and I was like, yeah, I'm okay with this. I'm totally, I'm all in on Christmas because we've had a hard two years. I'm buying the Christmas, like little, the foods that usually wouldn't we took Christmas week. And I'm like, yeah. no, 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 Christmas is going to feel like Christmas. No, Christmas is eight weeks long this year. I'm like, absolutely. I'm all about it. Do you know what I read the other day in the newspaper? They reckon Mariah Carey, since 1994, has earned, how much do you think she has earned from that one song? Three billion. 64 million. I think she's earned, because um, it ends with ED. Um, <laughs> she's earned. Sorry, English teacher. I'm going to say $20 million. $20 million. You said 64? 64. Ethan. I said $2 billion. You said $3 billion. Don't back oh, down now. Ethan, you're just stupid. I said $3 billion. <laughs> I said at least a tenth. To all you people, this is the sort of stuff you say oh, you miss. <laughs> this. Ethan, a come tenth, on. An 11th or something over Twitter. Well, you're, you're so far away. Anyway, <laughs> it is seventy-five million. Oh, oh really? Wow. Well, John. Yeah. Yeah, she also Since tried 94. to this year. She tried to thingy the um, copyright, the name um, Queen of Christmas, and it was rejected by the Good. U.S. courts because they were like, "No, Christmas is for everyone. You yes, cannot own it." Exactly. That should be all the reason to stop listening to that song. Mm. I'm like, have you not financially profited enough from Christmas? You'd uh, think so. Um, but back to my my favorite Christmas song. Mm-hmm. It's slayed big over across the pond. Nah, nah. Oh, Merry Christmas, like everyone. No one's heard of that. Oh, I just knew. I, I knew of it because because the Oasis cover. Oh, that's so two, there we are. That's two great songs. Both came out in '74. <sighs> I'm a big fan of. I really am a big fan of. Uh, Do they know it's Christmas? Mm-hmm. Really, really big fan. Yeah. But I'm going to go with my number one. Is still Merry Christmas, John. Merry <laughs> Christmas, Yoko. So this is Christmas. Christmas. Oh, I love it. Even though it's got Yoko warbling in the background. <laughs> they used to do this commercial for like for like one of those like children's charities. And it was like if you looking back now, it is the most like it's twenty first century racism. It wasn't it wasn't twentieth century racism. Yeah. But the show you all these slow pictures or either still pictures or like slow motion of these hungry children in Africa with the extended stomachs and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then like a whole bunch of white kids in like choir robes with candles singing a very Merry Christmas. Christmas. And like mm-hmm. big, and they're all like blonde hair. But like, it, was like, it, was like, it was like an Aryan dream on one side. <laughs> and on the other, it was these like, and there's a voice like, won't you help for as little as the price of a cup of coffee a day? And it wasn't Christmas until you'd been guilted by like <laughs> Christian Children's Help Network or something. Do you know what, right? I've heard that song millions of times over the years, right? I only discovered two years ago that I was singing it wrong. I thought... Don't tell me you thought I was singing without any beer. No. My sister thought that. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought it was another year older. <laughs> That's over, another yeah. year over. Over, yeah. <laughs> and I thought, hang on a minute, is that right? And then I listened to it again and went, it's another year over. Of course it is. Yep. I'll tell you what else played, though. <laughs> 
the very next day. I think it counts as December 1st, so we're okay. No, yeah, we're fine for December 1st. Okay. Okay. Apparently, Whamageddon's. <laughs> apparently, started last year, Whamageddon became a thing in North America. It wasn't one, wow. at least in Canada, until last year. I figured if I had to hear it on the 20th of November, so did you guys. But if, but if Elf. Elf is, this, is this the whole reason why you did this, was to set that up? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow, that was long winded. Well, you're. you're you're early. Yeah. It doesn't count on December 1st. Yes, it does. It does. Yes, December 1st. It does. The rules are, the if rules I look at Wemkins. December 1st. Yeah, the rules say December 1st. rules then, because then everyone just gets out on the Hey, whoa, whoa, hang on. Is this like the T'Challa debate all over again? <laughs> no, because if, if that's the I'm sorry. everyone just gets out on yeah. December 1st. That one, the challenge wasn't over. This one, the challenge ain't started yet. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I, had, I do remember seeing it had, like... It starts on December first, but it's like but that's a shitty rule. So to anybody who's like, "Oh yeah, it's even sure," like, what are you doing? You got another ten days. <laughs> Look at all the effort that went into that. It doesn't even count. <laughs> it does count. <laughs> all right. Wait, on the first, I'm gonna like put my, my phone through Christmas your door. Song is Leona one more sleep. I famously friend of the podcasters, Kev Dog, Kev Dog phone. I remember I was at the uh, at the social club one yeah. day, and I left because it was Christmas music on the big screen. I hadn't been knocked out yet. So I left, and then he phoned me, and I denied the call and texted him and went, what do you think I am, an amateur? I know exactly why you're calling me. <laughs> Brutal. Um, so yeah, so what are we doing? And what, why are we doing this? We're doing Bullet. Why are we doing it? Because Liam picked it. That's right. Liam, uh, why, why, why'd you pick it? Well, you know my love for car chase movies, <laughs> right? Car chase movies oh. don't normally qualify, but this does. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I don't think Fast and the Furious is showing up anytime soon. 98% on Rotten Tomatoes, I'll have you know. Really? Trust me, trust me. When, 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 when Liam told me the first thing I did was go check his out. <laughs> he did, he did. And I begrudgingly went, And I even oh. texted you 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Liam texted me 90% and I went, oh, I've looked. <laughs> Look, you know, Especially because I hadn't heard of it. That was like, I'd never heard of this how film. have you not heard of Bullet? I've not even heard I've of it. I've never heard I of it. I Steve wow. McQueen and went, I know Steve, yeah, I've heard of Steve McQueen. I don't even yeah. know who Steve McQueen Have you seen other, any Steve McQueen no. movies? You're not seeing no, Magnificent sure Seven? The, the Great Escape? Well, when I said no, I wasn't lying to you. You must have seen The Great Escape. <laughs> I haven't. Do you know what? It's three hours long. I know you picked that. <laughs> <laughs> little spoiler for next week. Don't do that two weeks in a row. Jeez. <laughs> no, I know, right? Oh. Well, that's the reason I didn't. Okay. So, you know. But I thought it was quite apt with the football starting today. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's you know, what, you're not wrong. With the, the Great Escape. Ooh, should we talk about that for two minutes, actually, come to think of it? Match. That's oh not really a, been a big thing over here. Have we what seen... What normally football is. I, I do want to talk about this for two minutes. Have if we, we all seen the Joe Lysett thing with David oh, Beckham? Oh, yeah, I like that. Yeah, but Joe Lysett thing's stupid. Yeah, it's stupid. Okay, so, so, so Joe Lysett's a British comedian. Yeah, I know him, yeah. And he says, could, because David Beckham's become like an official ambassador for the Qatari World Cup, they've paid him like 10 million pounds to be their ambassador. Oh, okay. Here's David Beckham. Don't think about how we treat people. Right? Yeah, right. That's basically what this is. So Joe Lysett has said, here's the deal, David Beckham. If you step down and give back the money, I will give 10,000 pounds to, I don't know if it was either LGBTQ plus charities or the charity of your yeah. choice or whatever it would be. Yeah. But if you don't, I'm going to take this 10,000 pounds and I'm going to put it through a shredder or wood chipper or something like that. Whoa. So why? So so it's kind of backfired in yeah, some, yeah. some part circles where they're going, you're going to take an amount of money that can actually help people Joe Lysett and you're going to purposely destroy it and somehow try and reverse engineer it. The blame's on David Beckham. Yeah, I, because no, he didn't it do is, it, is, it is. I'm sorry. It is. 
I, and this is this is my this well, is sorry, my, this is sorry. Little... I'm trying to help you. Out. It is. It is what? It is stupid, or it no, is I, David I, Beckham's I fault? I, I agree. I think this is just this is agree with very, I, I agree with Joe Lysett. This is my very tired queer brain. Oh, this, this is it. Okay, I'll, I'll give you the play, floor, but I'm this playing is the, I'm playing this card. This is the only time I'm ever going to play this card. Um, yeah. So Qatar hate gay people. They they bloody hate gay people and trans people. Um, and there are fans that can't go to Qatar and be happy with their partner to watch the football because of it. And the whole thing is just, look, 10 grand is nothing compared to the 10 million David Beckham's getting. But how is that helping? Ethan, Ethan, none of us are fighting you on this. No, no I'm not. I'm, sa- I'm saying, like, I the, the, the more point is people more angry about the money than the fact that the reason he's doing it. And I just... I'm very tired. Well, what I'm you, very tired. Yeah, it's a problem with David Beckham. It's also probably the BBC have, have spent money to go to this. McDonald's sent me a message oh, yeah, today I, saying, I, I will, hey, are you watching the, the World Cup? Level. You should go ahead and do this. Budweiser's all... It's like all these Budweiser, corporations yeah. who are getting into I mean, bed. put yeah. it at the beginning and go, FIFA, why did you even allow a country like that to well, host that, well, this? Oh, that, oh, there's oh, a whole documentary oh, about that on oh, Netflix. I was going to say, because... Is this the reason why I haven't heard much about it then? Kind of. Maybe. It's yeah. it's really hard to talk about the football, but go, but don't look at where we're doing it. Oh, also, because okay. this is a winter, we've never had a winter World Cup. Because there's this, um, the, the treatment of the, L- I mean, the chief among them is the treatment of LGBTQ yeah. plus peoples. But then you've also five hundred migrants who die. The migrants who have it. died building the um, stadiums. stadium. Stadia, yeah. actually, the Pearl Stadium, Stadia. Did you know that? Yeah. I didn't know that, but I yeah. see. I don't really watch the news anymore. I haven't done for the last three years. Well, I don't have a TV license again, so um, <laughs> I, I don't really. The government, I've noticed, they're sending me letters. <laughs> <laughs> it's just weird because I don't really watch the news anymore, so I'm not really current with what's going on. All I know is, through my past previous forty years, football has always been a big thing. When it's yeah. a World Cup, it doesn't. It hasn't been. Big at all. Well, part year. of the problems that we had the, the Euros, even though we called them the 2020 Euros, we had them in 2021. Yeah, yeah. Which made us to the, set, to the final of the 2020 Euro. 2021. Yeah, and it, 2021 yeah. So it's only been 15 months since we since we last did this. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Remember yeah, when we yeah, like? Yeah, yeah. We, That's remember when we had him from Verbal Diorama? And we're like, let's schedule it early. And we won't miss it. We overran by like three minutes and missed England's one goal. Yeah, 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 dude. <laughs> but. No, but so Ethan, my comment would be just about the mm. Joe Lysett thing. It's not David Beckham's fault if he shreds his money. No, I don't think because no, I'm saying it's more because da- he's not even acknowledged it. Is yeah, the, but he, the other thing. Why is he obligated to acknowledge Joe Lysett? Yeah, even just comment on it. Because the the problem is he's not. He's like, oh, this is so great. The World Cup's so great, but Joe Lysett's not the first person who's going to have brought this to his attention. Oh, no, yeah. I, and once I you open he- that, you can't close. No, is he? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doing anything but sitting there going, it, it, it's wrong, it's evil, he shouldn't be doing it. But but you could argue that Joe Lysett has just made himself a bigger platform off the back of David Beckham as a result of this. Mm-hmm. And if that's the, the case, the, if that's the case, is he indirectly profiting from the, the Qatar World Cup? I mean, you can say the same with uh, his Hugo Boss thing and his, his oil company thing. Like, he, he is a... Um, He's, I don't know, how do I put this in the best way without sounding like a twat? Um, he's the better, he's the better version of a don't stop oil, of a just stop oil advocate 
or a insulate Britain advocate I, was like, I'm going to glue my face on the road and make us look even stupider. I generally Joe like Lysons. Joe Lyson. And for American or non-British listeners, really, we should say, Joe Lyson is a comedian who specializes in um, showing <laughs> written exchanges between him and... Uh, healthcare professionals between him yeah. and local governments between him and big corporations and he just sort of positions you to think about a topic and then shows you what he's done and then their responses and shows you how he's a really sharp cookie and more often than not he wins oh okay yeah that's that's the, the basis of joe lyson's comedy of him but not really he's a freaking him. contributor to like eight out of ten cats in this countdown oh okay things like that he's very rarely a contestant he's almost always in the dictionary corner so he can go ahead and share his uh he's very channel oh, okay. his bits there he's he's funny i really like him mm. yeah. but i looked at this and went i just don't get your ten thousand. i don't get the the good of shredding it no i just don't get it yeah i, th- I think the the part the point of shredding it though is to is to make the point though isn't it is to go yeah. why why are uh, you doing this because he's getting 10 million for it but 10 million to david beckham is nothing that's not the hard part. Ten thousand yeah. pounds to a charity, unless it's a small local charity, is also very, very little. I know you shouldn't necessarily shred money and all these sorts of things, but the point is, it makes it might make people go, "Hang on a second, maybe we need to do more for these people rather than not." I, think I was some napkins in the McDonald's bag. I was talking to a mutual friend of ours today, George, who was talking about a trip that they did to Kenya, mm-hmm. and they were told that for twenty six p, they could save a life. With paracetamol and anti-malaria pills, right. So, what does ten thousand dollars do there, or ten thousand pounds do there? Oh, for that, yeah, that sort of thing. But the point is, I think right. it's going to like it would probably go to Stonewall, and ten thousand pounds to Stonewall yeah. is amazing, but it's not potentially as important as the publicity of shredding it would be. The yeah, Joe Lysis thing is more about like queer charities and just LGBT centered issues because it. it I, because the, the way the media is like, but what if he do, donated, like like you said, to to a charity in Kenya? But the two things can be mutually like be a, be a thing and and happen. I, it's that's it's, my argument. So it doesn't have to be yeah. one or the other. Mm. Take ten thousand dollars and go rather than do this. I'm going to go do this. Some some good with it still. I reckon he probably will, but that's that's besides the point. But I, th- mm. I think the point that was trying to be made was if it was shredded, you'd get a lot of publicity th- through the shredding. Here's my question: Who got the publicity? I think both. I think he would. He's the sort of person that genuinely does stand up for gay rights, and that's why he's so enraged. I don't think it. he's the only person standing up and beating because I see it all over uh, uh, right now. You know, mock not mock the week. Was it, have I got news for you? Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. The panel show. Mm-hmm. They were they were taking. I think Gary Neville to task because he's going to be commentating over there. Mm-hmm. Gary Lineker's yeah, had to release a statement. So you know, the the, the, the British traditional media. It's quite on people who are. I mean, how do you feel about the players? Harry Kane's going to wear an armband. Okay, is that the same thing? And he's still there playing. Why? Yeah, you're going to go there. You're going to play. If you win the World Cup, are you going to? You know, are you going to celebrate gonna, it if you win? And that's the thing. That's the thing. I think, but also, that's the thing. I think each person who's 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 weighing in on this has to deal with. If England make the final, and people have been I'm chirping be off, like hit me out. I'm going to be a hypocrite. I was I was watching the. The Qatar Ecuador match. Favorite moment so far? Two minutes in, Ecuador score a goal, and then Qatar were like, "No, no, 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 no! That that's that was that was offside when no one was offside." That's been my favorite moment already. So but why? Da 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 da. Sports Center. It's a bit of a rigged thing. I'm sorry. It was it was a rigged why, piece of bullshit. Why are we even there? <laughs> Ethan, they were losing two 0 last I saw. They're not going to win anything. Why, why are we no, even playing been in Qatar? That is the that's my money. biggest question. Oh, yeah. Ethan's just nailed it. The answer is money. 
Oh, yeah. okay. It's called yeah, sport. Well, oh, it's called yeah, sport washing. Surely they must have known this was going to have a. Package. It's called sport washing, and well, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, countries like this. Uh, Saudi Arabia have a massive deal with the WWE, where they go over there, and their presence allows them to project a different type of Saudi Arabia, or in this case, Qatar. Yeah. Right, and it kind of makes you look the other way on all these other things. Except Blatter, I think he came out and said Europeans have no right to be pointing their fingers because we need to apologize for the last three thousand years. And I'm going, although I hear you on the idea about <laughs> colonialism and yada yada yada, mm-hmm. it's not currently underway whilst the event is taking place. No. Whereas other yeah. things are. I think, yeah, like you know, we will put you to death. Yeah. For you know, for for. Uh, Li- living your life boy. honestly yeah i think i think that's doesn't quite measure up the way he wants it to no. but they've u-turned like budweiser's like all the beer after being told yes we're gonna go okay with it a, the, the qatari royal family pushed a little bit more pressure and now they've pulled it from all the stadiums stadia yeah so, well they pull the merchandise as well then that well, that's just beer yeah so you can you still you still drink the beer the at like this like fan festival they have, but not in yeah. the stadia themselves. Oh, well they pull. The thing, so everything like, that's advertising wise. No, no, that's because it was alcohol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay. then, oh, so no, but was like, not pulling it because of Budweiser's not pulling it. FIFA's pulling it. Oh, yeah. okay. FIFA's pulling Budweiser because the because of the alcohol is something that they don't do. Mm. Oh, okay. And then uh, what was it? Um, was it Wales? I think Wales wanted to have a shirt like on their on their kit. So essentially, human rights are good. And FIFA went, can't do that, and yeah. that's horrifying. And then Qatar's like, obviously, they made a statement being like, being gay is bad, and it's very very smelly. And wait, 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 then- wait, wait, wait. Careful. You're saying FIFA made a statement that said what? No, Qatar no, I said Qatar. Made a oh, I'm sorry. I said FIFA. Yeah, I was like, sorry. Qatar made. If, if FIFA said that, I, I would, I, I would, I would have cancelled my pre-order ages ago for yeah. 23. But no. Um, He's such a football fan, Ethan. He is. I am a football fan. I have a little. I have a little sheet. Hang on. One, one question, Ethan. Is it coming home? No. Okay. I think no. I don't think it's coming home because um, it's staying there. It's staying. Yeah, no, it's, it, it, it's, it's, best, it's probably there. going to Argentina. I think it's coming to Argentina. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Argentina. Ah, but you just said two seconds in. <laughs> Qatar said no. If they if if, if they walk away, if, no, if Qatar wins, <laughs> we, may, we may have to raise a spocky and eyebrow. Yeah. Um, but no, um, they were like, yeah, being gay is really bad and all this kind of stuff. And then yesterday, I think it was the president of FIFA was like, today I am gay. And blah, blah, because oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. Today I am gay. Today I am a migrant worker. Today yeah. I am. He listed no, all of the marginalized groups okay. and went, but of course I'm not gay. And I'm not a migrant worker. And I'm not a, it was, I don't, I'm like, I'm like, much like when Ethan, no, not right now. I think Ethan's making some salient points now. But usually I had the same opinion of him as I was Ethan most of the time where I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> In my head, things make sense. Yeah. So but no, I've been this. I I I really like football and I like the World Cup stuff. But bloody hell, we've known since 2010 about this. We've known this since 2010, 2017. We found about all the fraud in in FIFA and set. But we've had we've had five years since 2017. Uh, ten years. 12 years since we found out it was we've had a long time to figure this out. i'm surprised john oliver has been as quiet on this as he has unless next week's episode which would might make sense is on this yeah. i'm really surprised because he's been against them for a while anyway we should pivot pivot <laughs> pivot let's take a look here and talk about 
Bullet, an all-guts-no-glory San Francisco cop becomes determined to find the underworld kingpin that killed the witness in his protection. Mm-hmm. Directed by Peter Yates, who's done Summer Holiday, amongst other films. Uh, written by Alan Trussman, who did the original old-school Thomas Crown Affair, yeah, and They Call Me Mr. Tibbs. Uh, also co-written by a guy called Harry Kleiner. Uh, it was based on the novel Silent Witness by Robert L. Pike. Cinematography by William A. Fraker, who previously did Paint Your Wagon, Street Fighter. Oh, wow. Wait, the, like, the, yep. the video game. Yep. Oh, my God. War, war Games. War Games. Good movie. That's my William Regal impression for anybody out there who appreciates that. Shout out to MJF, new AEW world champion, with an assist from William Regal. War Games. <laughs> and uh, Liam's favorite movie, Rosemary's Baby. Oh, I hate that movie. <laughs> music i am never watching that movie it's again. on the list oh. music by lalo schriffren uh yeah, who previously did, did um enter the dragon enter the the dragon sure i don't have it on my list but oh, if you say so Bruce Lee movie. yep uh cool hand luke cool hand luke uh-huh. the rush hour trilogy wow oh the dirty harry films yep the paramount pictures fanfare oh, i don't know that i think so yeah Yep. And oh. then um, also the theme for Mission Impossible. Yeah, Mission Impossible. Yeah. There we go. Okay. So first time I saw this, for me, it was about two and a half hours ago. For me, it was about, <clears throat> I was, I don't know, 12, 13, I first watched this and was taken by the car chase scene. Um, I thought it was amazing and fell in love with that car. I love that car. Um, and I probably haven't watched it since. Uh, probably about the last 15 years. And I weren't sure this was going to stand up to, you know how I watch film, films from way back when and I watch them now and I go, oh, really? How can they teach me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, st- I still keep going back to that, don't I? <laughs> Dangerous Minds, I loved it. I hate it now. Apart from Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, but yeah, so, you know, you'll find out how I feel about this film 15 years on. Georgia? I started watching this film for the first time about 10 hours ago. Okay. Cool. Did you finish it? Yes. Okay. You said you started, so I wasn't sure. Uh, and then Ethan? Uh, this morning, and I still I still think it's going on. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Uh, let's do some context corner. Uh, Bullet was co-produced by Steve McQueen's, uh, or someone, Solar Productions, and Warner Brothers 7 Arts. Um, the yeah, film was production company, wasn't it? Solar. Was it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the film was pitched to Jack L. Warner as doing authority differently. Bullet was Yates' first American film. He was hired after McQueen saw his 1967 UK feature Robbery with its extended car chase. Uh, Joe Levine, whose Embassy Pictures had distributed Robbery, did not much like the film, but Alan Trussman, who saw the picture the very week he was writing the Bullet chase scenes, instead insisted that McQueen, Relaya, and D'Antoni, none of whom had ever heard of Yates, see Robbery and consider him as the director for Bullet. And that's really all the uh, context corner I got for this week. Oh, okay. So uh, I got some facts, but not... Not, he, not he got some facts on the car chase. Yeah. Oh, I got, I got some car oh chase. nice. Cool. Um, yeah. I think for those sorts of things, Liam, I always say it's better if we wait till we're at the car chase before. Yeah, we, I know, yeah. I know. Just, just, just so, let's start. Uh, let's talk about the score. The original score was composed by Lalo Schifrin to track the various moods and action of the film with Schifrin's signature contemporary American jazz style. I really like the score on this film. I, I think was excellent. the score helps drive the movie. Until so. they stop using score yeah. for the last half hour and it is 
boring as fuck no. because they take it out. No, 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 no. no. I'm talking about the score right now. Like Black Panther. No, yeah, no. I'm talking about the lack of score. Oh, Wait, it's just like no. Black Panther. No, no, no. There is a point. There is like one bit of score in the film which sounds like the part of Black Panther. I bet you he ripped Black Panther off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I he, think he he's got Ethan's quantum like, leap machine. Yeah, I was say, he yes, yeah. No, about an hour and twenty minutes in, I was going, I really like this score. This is really clever because they showed us at the beginning the like jazz band playing, and it's the same instruments that they showed us in the jazz band that played the score the whole way through, which is really really lovely. Uh, we get the title cards, and the Warner Brothers logo looked weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was only used for three years between sixty-seven and nineteen seventy. Oh well, there we are then. And they went, oh, so basically that WB we're used to was around forever. And then they thought, we need to get modern. And they tried about three or four goes, and they all suck. Yeah. And they went, okay, back to the original. And that was, yeah, that's good. Um, They're trying to do something interesting with the titles. I hate that. They're coming at, I, it, it's, it's just it's a time where this is a new thing you can do. So they're trying it. Yeah, they are. I think I'm with Ethan. I think they annoyed me, but I appreciated the fact they were trying, I guess that they were trying something. This film is very arty in the way it comes across and it's filmed. Oh, I would disagree with that. Oh, yeah. no, no, Arty? no, no, Yes. That, it was that thing where it was like, here's the, or... here's the title, and then here's, like, its weird shadow, and we're going to zoom into that shadow. Yes. Yeah, there were bits where it wasn't readable with the title, and I'm like, yeah. I know what you're trying to do, but you got the wrong background shot for this to work. Yeah, but they're only feeling their feet, and they're trying to do new things with cinema. Right, and unfortunately, I can only I can only see this through twenty twenty two eyes. Yeah, okay, that's fair enough. But yeah. you know, without You're them pushing, already on the back foot. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you should see his face, folks. <laughs> um, uh, I love this film. All right, so here we go. Uh, it's the danger of bringing something you love to the table. Sometimes it does. It does. Um, where are we at here? Um, they're trying to. Do, uh, oh, there's a heist of some sort taking place inside an office. There's guns and cars, and I think we can get our head around what this movie's going to be about, I've written. Mm-hmm. And we find, and someone makes a phone call, and it's Peter, and Peter's lost his brother, Johnny. A uh, voice says that if you can't find him, there are people who will, and Peter will have to pay the contract. Quick note on the sets. There are no sets in this movie. Everything is shot on location. I think it's great. Which actually was one of the first films to do this. I think it's great. Um, yeah, from police evidence rooms to emergency room procedures, uh, everything was legit because he was using new lightweight Aeroflex cameras that allowed for greater flexibility in location shooting. That's Aeroflex for all your greater flexible needs. Well, that's a little bit jittery in places, but... You know, oh, jeez. We'll talk about the chase scene at some point. <laughs> Crying out loud. Um, but Can the I film just, was shot entirely on location. I'll pipe down and won't be as loud as I was going to be when I was going to say it earlier but liam said it looked quite arty and my my response was going to be something along the lines on arty or like sixth form first cinema class no it's, it's better film. No, it's, it's, it's better, better. <laughs> it's better. <laughs> i knew when i brought this to the table Finding everybody was gonna trash it <laughs> now i don't care you know because i do love this film and you look at some of the stuff they do there's a bit where instead of filming McQueen coming towards the camera, they film a window of him coming towards the window and then it cuts to him at the window. You know, I think it's clever in what they're trying to do and do different things. And I'll talk more about other bits later, but, you know, I'm just saying. I didn't notice the window shot, I'll be honest with it you. It was there. clever. It was, it was one shot when but, he was with his wife or his girlfriend or whoever she is and they, and like it was, it kind of pivoted like from a mirror shot and that was cool. Um, we go to the hotel and we meet. Oh, I, I've got something else totally else down here. So, 
I don't know who it is, but he goes to the, um, we meet someone. Anyway, he goes to the hotel and says, is there a note for a, a Mr. Johnny Ross? And we get told, no, there isn't one. Uh, he then goes to his car and the cab is being driven, I think, I've got by Robert Duvall. I think it's Robert Duvall. It is Robert And then Duvall. I couldn't get a good shot of him. So I was like, all right. So I had to it's sit a, there and it's go. It's a profile view of him. Isn't it? it was just, yeah. It's, it is. There's a bellhop in a Russian looking hat and he phones someone. And then um, our, our our person of interest also needs to phone someone. I got again. I'm pretty sure the cabbie is Robert Duvall, but I just can't get a good look at him. Yeah. And then we pause. <laughs> Out, outside an apartment building, we meet Del Getty, played by Don Jordan. I sorry, Don Gordon. I really like this guy. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, this is Frank's number two. It's his partner, and he's a bloody good number two. And he, I've seen him in something else, but I can't for life of me tell you what that is. Uh, he asked Frank to let him in. Frank's less than thrilled. Uh, we found out Frank got to bed around 5 a.m. and he's spooning instant coffee into a cup. I'm like, oh, this looks dreadful. And he's got like one of these like drop-in like heater things. You know, like a fit, an, an element that you'd have in the bottom of a kettle. Oh, really? He has one of them like on a just like loose just and loose and put oh, it geez. in. How many times have I have burned myself with that? <laughs> uh, let's meet Frank Bullet, played by Steve McQueen. Now, Steve McQueen's a name I know of. Cheryl Crow was one of her lyrics, like Steve McQueen. I don't need no ghetto scenes or something like that. I don't know what it was. Um, Steve McQueen, actually, um, I'm as a kid, I really like Steve McQueen. The more I read and watch stuff about Steve McQueen, the more I dislike Steve McQueen. I'll say this: this film. I do not get everybody's love for Steve McQueen. Not the driving part. We'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. But as an actor, I was like, this guy showed me. N- I, there wasn't any charisma. There okay. wasn't any like acting range. I'm like, what is everybody going on about? The thing about Steve McQueen. The thing about Steve McQueen is he speaks less and shows more facially um and expressionist in this well the whole but his but character in this be, film yeah, is you're numb yeah but well he well he kind of is because he's numb to the the violence and everything he's yeah numb to what he's seen what right? first, every other character is also kind of numb to the violence other than the one little scene we get with the wife like, which means there's no del getty no should be numb but del getty i thought was a good actor in this yeah but i mean he steve mcqueen well, he, will only ever pick parts that suit his like, character well, rather than Rebel without a cause, James Dean, right? Yeah. I watched it and I went, okay, I sort of get why James Dean's a thing. Okay. I hadn't seen a James Dean film before I watched it. I went, okay, I get it. I get it. This, I went in going, okay, it's one of these big names. And then I came out and I went, I, 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 I don't. Now, maybe a different film. I, I would get it. Maybe this isn't the best film to show that side of it. He's pretty much like that throughout. Oh, is he? Oh, no. Yeah. Okay, maybe not and the Steve thing McQueen. about Steve McQueen I don't like is he's very egotistic. Um, <laughs> Just finish, finish that phrase. <laughs> um, like, for instance, he did another film with Robert Vaughn, um, where it was called The Tower and Inferno. Ah, uh, I've, with, I've heard of this. I've heard of that. With um, there's loads of people in it. Um, uh, Paul Newman, and he had a thing about Paul Newman because Paul Newman got a part in a movie that he wanted. Okay. Uh, Somebody up there likes me. It was a boxing movie. So he said, "I want my name first on the uh, oh, poster." And the reason, you know, like you get things now with posters where some are higher and lower. Yeah, we talked. This is because of um, the Tower and Inferno. And Paul Newman was like, I don't really care whether I'm second, third, Billy, I don't care. Steve McQueen was like, nope, I want to be first. But the studio executives were like, Paul Newman should be first. So they came to a compromise. Paul Newman was first. No, McQueen was first, but lower. 
and Paul Newman was second but higher. Yeah, the classic version of this, if you've seen it, is the uh, Cheers title card, where Shelley Long and Ted Danson oh, both okay. can claim they have top billing because it's a, it's a shot of I don't, like a, a barmaid kicking one of those old painted things. Yes, yes, yes. And Ted Danson's bottom left, yeah. Shelley Long is upper right or yeah, other way yeah. around, but I think it's, I think yeah, it's that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. And so Ted can claim, I'm on the left, I'm first. Yeah. Shelley Long can claim, I'm higher up, I'm first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We also saw it with Chicago where it's not nearly as cleverly done. No. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean I just, when you hear more about him, the, the less, less I like about him, but I do love his films. Um, when, so when we first got introduced to Sue McQueen in this, I thought his character had some kind of like not disability but disadvantage because the way he moves is very like oh, differently abled, I, and he has all these different things that you would assume would mean like in in his house, like to open doors. I'm going, okay, maybe that's to help him with it. And he and then he's just walking about fine after a while. I'll say this: if you're looking for character development in this film, you're going to be waiting a long. This was not a film about character development. No, I know, <laughs> no. Yeah. I know. Uh, McQueen based the character of Frank Bullitt on San Francisco inspector Dave Toschi, who he worked with prior to filming. Uh, he even captured his unique fast draw shoulder holster that Toschi later became famous for because Toschi ended up being, after this movie, one of the lead investigators of the Zodiac Killer murders. Wow. Oh, wow. Which began shortly after the release of Bullet. That's crazy. So how's that for timing? Several items of clothing worn by McQueen received a boost in popularity thanks to the film, desert boots, a trench coat, a blue turtleneck sweater and most famously a brown tweed jacket with elbow patches and we heard that about what's her name in bonnie and clyde oh faye dunaway that everything she wore kind of became a big fashion hit shortly after that talking of faye dunaway she then went on to be in a film with steve mcqueen called the thomas crown affair oh you got the first one yeah um the cops that took steve mcqueen around wanted to test his metal so they took him to a morgue (laughs) and then he showed up eating an apple and they had to admit that, yeah, he's pretty badass. Because <laughs> if you can go into a morgue and not be faced, yeah, yeah. I bet you that was totally a cause. Because what's an apple going to do? It's really genius. What's an apple going to do? It's going to take a smell and overpower yeah, yeah, what yeah. you've got in the room. Yeah, yeah. And it gives your mouth something to do, and it gives your hands something to do, and it gives your eyes something to focus on. And yeah. it also provides a noise. A noise, yeah. In yeah. an otherwise silent environment. Yeah. yeah. So, clever idea, I think, on his part. We go to a fancy breakfast, and there's... Okay, you can call it artsy. I've called it weird. There is a weird shot of women's legs. And Frank walks in in the background. Yeah, but I think they're just trying to do different angles rather than just... I think That shot was there for a while. Yeah, I know. And it wasn't wasn't to sexualize because women were all like in their 50s, but still, it was just a weird shot. It was just a way of um, having people in the foreground to show more... But there were no men. It was exclusively yeah, women. Well, maybe, yeah. I, 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 I can't argue the case. I, I, I as I was know. writing this down, I went, Liam is so going to fight me on this. But well, it's- the thing, <laughs> well, the thing is, I, I didn't see it that way. I never saw it as a kid that way. I never saw it watching it yeah. last night that way. I, I just... I just wrote down, there's a shot of women's legs, Frank in the I background. I just it was just trying to be more arty and having people um, around. Because what you'll find with this film is they'll do quite a lot of long shots... Um, with a lot of mumbling and noise of cars and people, and then they'll focus in on the character, and then they'll start talking. So, and they do that quite a lot. And I thought this was just another one of those scenes where they were just sort of bringing it through him through into a scene with people in it. Well, I will say, I did notice it's high society and Frank doesn't fit in, but you know who does fit in? It's Walter Chalmers, played by Robert Vaughn, who I thought was really good in this film. Robert Vaughn's great in most films. I'm not sure what his character does in this film, besides give 
Frank someone he can sort of it, beef with. Yeah, he's got to have But a, he means nothing to the plot. Nothing at all. If you no, take no, him no. out of this movie, nothing changes. But you need the reason for him to go, right, I need to do this, 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 and this. Yeah, yes, sir. It's got to move the I plot along, isn't it? I can't put a face to a name right now. If, you, if he's not in this movie, the only thing that changes is you don't... You don't get the You don't move the body. Yeah, you don't get the agency of moving the body. You just don't get that shot. You don't get that scene. You, see, you, you still have a chase. Everything else would still happen the same. Okay. So but he was in uh, another two movies with Steve McQueen. So well, there's that. Uh, he received a script and didn't like it. <laughs> uh, he felt there was no plot, <laughs> nor a sensible storyline. No. Steve wow, McQueen wow, insisted wow. Vaughn do the film, but he refused until the studio offered finally offered him so much money he said yes. Yeah. Now, I wrote, I got these so. notes before I watched the film. I just want you to know that. Okay. Nor did I remember them. <laughs> so I'm just reading them going, <laughs> wow. Um, he did say that his performance in this film was his best and continue, it contains the work of which he was most proud. Oh, good. So he likes his own performance. I don't know if he loved the film afterwards. I have no information about that. No. But he loved his performance. I like him in The Man from Uncle. Uh, he's he's really easy in this situation, almost effortless. He says that he's a star witness who needs protection and Bullet is the man for the job. Johnny Ross needs protection from the organization, which I think is a, <laughs> as loose as you can say, the mafia, without yeah, saying yeah, the word yeah. mafia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to bring down organized crime in the stakes that if Frank can get him to court on Monday, everybody wins because they're all going to advance in their careers. Bullet gets in the car and tells Del Getty they got a babysitting gig. So they do this scene and I was watching it and I went, okay, so that's our plot then. We've got to get him through till Monday. And then the next scene happened yeah. and I went, oh, okay then. <laughs> well, we, surprised though, weren't you? We meet Johnny Ross and apparently he'll let you into the room if you just say police. Yeah. The bad guys never thought of that. Why don't we just say police? Oh, the police, yeah. Um, he phones the captain and I totally thought the captain was was in on it. Did you? The whole movie. Till the scene, scene at church, I thought the captain was in on it. Oh, see, I didn't. Because yeah. he keeps, every time something happens, he calls him, and then something else happens. It, yeah. it would make sense that the captain was the one tipping off. I'll say this. The captain is so cliche, a captain. Yeah. yeah. It's that character. You suit, yeah. Uh, we get told that Chalmers is grooming himself for public office. That's why he wants to, that's why he's doing this. Bullet then sets up the shifts. And outside, Frank tells his partner that the hotel room is a bad choice. It's too accessible. Then we meet Kathy. At point, why on earth, as someone who has made that decision and needs to make sure this man doesn't die for three days, does he not go, we're moving you to a different hotel room? Even just like the one across the hall. Yeah, you're not wrong. I would think. The theory was they couldn't even keep him out of the windows. So that was the big thing was just. Yes, they move him across the hallway that's not got outward facing windows. I'd move move rooms each And don't tell anybody. Don't even tell the hotel room guy. Say, I want a room for for my. my, Yeah, just book the uh, the room. Yeah. Yeah. Just just call up Kathy and say, just book a room across the corridor, would you? Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to use it. Just book a room. Yeah. Speaking of Kathy, let's meet her. Played by Jacqueline Bissett. No relation. Catherine Ross was offered the role of Kathy, but turned it down as she felt the part was too small. Fairly small part. Small part. Yeah. Um, there's a trippy fan in the background. <laughs> Did you see oh, this fan? Like the weird, like black no. and white, weird hypnosis. Yeah, so it created like, like like one of those like spirals yeah. that get, get, grab your eye. Yeah, it's all I could. And then Kathy, Kathy and Frank kiss. And I'll tell you what, there's, this this movie would just like cut to a new scene without waiting for the previous scene to finish. <laughs> well, it would. It happens on a few. It happens on a few occasions. It yeah. would cut like, but the cut would be so drastic that the com- sound design would completely change. There's that too, and then yeah. there'd be a pause, and then it would start. But you'd also be like, oh, this is this the same people? Or are they the same? Ki- oh wait, no, wait, they've. T- 
what for a film that's as if the scene's continuing but yeah yeah, i'm I'm right with you there it was like it was a continuation of 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 the mini storyline that i worked on at that point but it didn't it changed yeah i was like oh maybe just later in the day and then blah and like those usual things where you'd fade or you'd cut to an establishing shot no 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 for someone who already struggles with telling people apart for a film that was set a lot of it in the dark men a lot of the time wearing hats all about the same size all white men i struggled very much so with who was who in some of these shots because i was like i don't know who you are because they didn't use their names massively either they used bullet and they used ross as names of people but they didn't really name anyone else massively so i was like i have no idea who is who yeah i really struggled with it um where we at here uh now he's at a restaurant bar and there's a lot of jazz he makes now is this the girl he makes eyes at is this still Jacqueline Bissett or is this someone else I believe that's someone else yeah okay I, I, okay. I, yeah, I yeah. struggle because she looked markedly different I'm like okay uh, but then we does and the, the jazz lasts a long time that's not, a, that's not a criticism but I was like waiting I was waiting for some plot to happen and it doesn't jazz just five minutes it's just five minutes jazz (laughs) we then dissolve to him in bed and he gets a call that says stanton is now taking over for for del getty and he's in bed and i believe now it's jacqueline Bissett beside him Mm -hmm. and he says i got some bad news he goes everything you say is bad news for me or anything you do is bad for me or something like that like oh you're such a bad boy and this is the only bit of a scene that's gonna pay off later Like, when she brings something up later, like, this is the only other thing they've talked about. Okay, yeah. Oh, my word. Uh, (laughs) Back to the hotel. There's a call at the desk. Two men are there to see Mr. Ross. One of them is Chalmers. One of them is a friend. There is a massive, massive plot hole. How did this information get, 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 get across to these guys? How did they know who is the mole? Yeah. Yeah. It's never answered. No, it isn't. You're right. You're right. It's never. Yeah, I, I yeah, realize yeah. that now. It's never answered because yeah, yeah. it makes us go. Chalmers, Chalmers is in on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, Stanton calls Frank, and Frank says, "Nope, no, he wouldn't be there at one in the morning." But door is then broken into, and he's undone the latch. And I'm trying to remember why. Why would he undo the latch? I think he undone the latch because he thought Chalmers was coming to get him. Because they they use the name Chalmers to get and, and the deal he has is with Chalmers. He's just with Chalmers, he's yeah trying to. What is him. Chalmers' deal? Is sorry, or what is Del Getty, Whatever this guy's name, name is. What is his deal? Is his deal actually to pretend to be Chalmers? Is he fooling Chalmers into thinking he's Ross? No. So what's the deal? I think he's doing. Um, He's he's telling on the mafia, isn't he? And Chalmers is the one. He, and but Chalmers he's, running, is con- he's running for office. Chalmers is convinced this is Ross, but it's, oh, it's but it's not, not Ross because we find that out in the last twenty minutes. Yeah, well, he yeah, but yeah, I see what you mean. So if you're this guy, what is your, what is the deal? Why are you he was putting probably, yourself in danger for this? Yeah, yeah, other yeah, guy? yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe he was paid off. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe there was a, a red herring there to yeah. throw. I, but, but, never addressed. But, but it has to make sense for that character. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does, it does yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, Stanton then calls. Oh, we said already the board's broken into and they're wasted. And we don't get to see who either man is. And I was like, okay, cool. I don't know who this is. Bit of a mystery. Bit of a whodunit. Cool. Uh, Frank then arrives. Now, remember, he said, I'll be there in five minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's on the way before anybody gets shot. Yeah. he shows up 
everybody has beaten him to the crime scene. There's like 20 cops, 30 ambulance workers, the press. Oh, they are, yeah, they are, yeah. And he's like rocking up like, oh, what did I, what did I miss? <laughs> yes, true. Like, That's a long fight, At least give me, like, like, give me a hamburger in his hand. Let me know he stopped for a haircut or something like that on the way. <laughs> I can't figure this out because he's like, you have to get over here. Someone's going to die. I'll be right there. And everybody beats him there. Uh, the door on the ambulance isn't open. And he calls it out. And I'm going, what's going on? I was like, is this an ad lib? No, I looked. It wasn't an ad lib. It was just they decided to try to make it feel as realistic as possible. And something like this would be a mistake that and someone like, would make. Like the bed was in the way or something. And I was expecting that yeah. to be like, oh, maybe the ambulance drive. Maybe that's how they snuck in. Maybe the ambulance mm. drivers are like the moles. Yeah, no. Maybe this is this is and no. something's going to happen. No. I saw it referred to as like a celebration of banality. And banality means like the ordinary, the painfully ordinary. Oh, okay. Like realism oh in literature. God. Yeah, re- realism run run amok. I mean, I, I hated gonna, realism enough. I thought you were going to tip him off. <laughs> yeah, it's none of that. Uh, Stanton, this is where Stanton reveals that Ross undid the latch. And then we go to the emergency room, and in these scenes, these are all real doctors and nurses. Oh, wow. Oh. I did think they might have been. They were very, it was very accurate to what looked like. <sighs> Talking about accurate. Like, accurate. So, if you've ever been in the hospital, it feels like you're there forever and nothing happens. Yeah. It, it does. It does feel like that. <laughs> but do you know what? Right, I'll tell you what. You look at the the equipment they had in the hospital yeah. and the people and the. Th- I wouldn't want to go back to the sixties. No, no, <laughs> late sixties, early seventies for the hospital. Definitely not. So yeah, we stay in the hospital for a long time until the captain shows up, and I'm instantly suspicious. <laughs> the captain reveals that Chalmers isn't happy. He says, "Play it by the book from now on." And you know, there's one moment of kind of character. He goes, "Is Chalmers running this case, or am I?" And that seems to work. He says, play it from the, by the book from now on. One sentence. Okay, do it however you want, but make sure it gets it done. Yeah, he does, he does pivot pretty quick. Okay. It's because, it's because, it's because Frank, he, he gets things done, not in a great way, but he gets the end result. But he's like, oh, he knows that, having hired him. And yeah. then he's like, yeah. do it by the book from now on. Oh, you've charmed me again with that ever so charismatic personality of yours. <laughs> we had originally planned a three-minute scene here, but that got cut for some car chase we got coming up later in the movie. <laughs> yeah, boy. Uh, Chalmers you don't goes, need to score it. Though. Chalmers goes to the hospital. Oh, you did. You don't. I'm with Liam, but we'll get to it. Uh, he wants to know if he can get a deposition at this time. When he's told no, he then does. Like, Chalmers is such a Karen. He goes after the uh, he your supervisor, please. He then goes on to debrief and challenge Frank, and they both end up accusing the other or disclosing the other's whereabouts, which is kind of cool, especially afterwards when you find out that Chalmers really didn't have anything to do with it. Yeah. We think. Um, and a great line is where Frank goes, you work your side of the street, and I'll work mine. Yeah. Chalmers warns Frank there may be another attempt on his life, and that he'll be back in the morning with his people, and then has the doctor looking over Chalmers replaced because he's i was worried for a minute and he said young and inexperienced i went okay that could have been worse yeah yeah do you know yes yes, yes. that didn't sit right with me anyway. well he didn't he didn't say it no he didn't nor do we have any nor was there any real assumption made that chalmers is a racist no but that was the first thing i thought of when i when i oh i thought i, th- you know I, mean? I thought he'd go there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i I, t- I totally didn't yep um but again the beginning of these um a lot happens in this film where a lot of these scenes are filmed from outside you see them walk in you see them about to talk and then they come into the room yep they do this a lot and you can hear like mumbling first and then you come in yep i quite like that i like that whole um earthy feel of like you hear a lot of 
you hear a lot of sounds and like from the hospital and everything like that. Where in today's films, you don't really hear too much other than the actors, and you hear bits in the background. Where with this, I feel you hear every single thing going on. You you hear the hustle bustle. You hear. I the think there's quietness. still. I think there's still foley. Yeah, I think there's definitely still foley in this. I think it is. Fo- I think it's done. I think it's almost all foley, but I think it's done so it sounds like background atmosphere. Really, so you I'm not get loads, sure. loads of sound. I think large portions. Oh, really? It's impossible to make this much stuff up. It's impossible because the minute I mean, you I might- figured the way I saw it was that was one big, you know, like instead of trying to centralize what we're doing with our mics, we're now talking into. I felt like it was a big. Like, we saw Singing in the Rain with Reverend Bruce, right? thing. And we saw that. Mics have come a long way since then. But, you look, you know, you look at how important it is about where you place a microphone and what it will pick up and what it won't pick up. Yeah, yeah. And you don't want everything getting picked up, nor do you have a million microphones to place everywhere well, to make no, sure you I get ne- everything. I never thought that. So but. Foley's a much easier way of doing it than just layering it. Oh, okay. I don't know. I don't I know for sure. Like this had a they bit did, more they of did a... make it sound like it was like very, very real, but I think it was probably done post. Because the minute you've got walls, so let's say it's let's say it's the scene with Frank and Chalmers, yeah, and there he's having his milk, yeah, yeah right, yeah, and that yeah. little like nurse's cubby hole yeah, thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. So now you've got them, Mike, but you also have their voices bouncing off three walls around them because it's not a set. A set's great because you can have open walls on each side, and yeah. therefore sound doesn't have the same restrictions. Yeah, yeah. But now it's bouncing all over the place. So for that to happen, for nothing's coming in that room. Like nothing's coming in that room because not only is it acting as a bounce back for all their sound, but the outside of that wall is now acting as a deflector for any sound that wants to make it in. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So anything that does come in, you would have to do in post. Okay. Mm. I would think it felt very amateurish in the filming. If that makes sense to you, nope. Okay, because you it, said it was arty a little while ago. So yeah, now I, but uh, yeah, I'm not saying it is amateurish. He's coming I'm over saying, to my uh, sixth form first cinema class. <laughs> no, 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 no. I felt like they were trying new things. Oh, I, with I, this, I think they're I ambitious. Like, yeah, and I felt like they didn't always succeed in what they were trying to do. But okay. I can see what they were trying to do. All right. And I felt like, like with the camera shaking in different places until we get the steady cam yeah. for, for Rocky, you know, and stuff like yeah. that, you know, you're not going to have those, what we're used to as being things. So they are going to be a bit shaky. Yeah. I mean, they weren't moving around too much as they were shooting. It was just that you could put a small camera somewhere Yeah, 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 yeah. and just plop it. There's not a whole lot of camera movement, actually. That, well, there's a lot of long shots going into well, zoom. Zoom's zoom one thing, but I mean, actually zoom. moving the camera. No, not many jo- dolly shots. Because they can't, because it's all yeah. set in Well, exactly, the they have small, lightweight cameras means you could theoretically walk with it. Well, they are yeah, in the car chase scenes, obviously, because they're well, coming around. But it's mounted. What, what do you mean? It's, it's, oh, do you mean, you mean they're not handheld? They're more mounted for... Well, the ones on the dashboard are definitely mounted. They're not being handheld there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They were the most egregious ones, because well, quite, the, their, their base wasn't steady. I quite like that a little bit. Oh, yeah, I love, I love getting motion sickness. No, but it gave a bit of urgency <laughs> to it. I reckon the car chase was actually only two minutes long, but they used the shot of every Oh, I got news for you. Every not different the case. shot no, no, that no, they no. used... They used There's a bit of that, but no. <laughs> the there is. Um, just popped it on top of each other. I'm just saying the fifth beetle. Chalmers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, oh, am I out here? Oh, so Frank gets a call from the desk that a man has asked for Ross's room and been given the location. Would have been easier if I just went, hey, buddy, how about you just don't give anybody a location rather than give them the location, then phone me and tell me. It made no sense for him to go, oh, yeah, he's in so-and-so. And then he went, hang on a minute. Then he didn't sound right. I'm going to call cops. I'm going to call, yeah. yeah. How about maybe if you know that someone is under witness protection or whatever they're supposed to be, that you just pretend like if don't. anyone asks where anyone is, you say, I don't know. How about we give him a pseudonym? 
Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You are now Oliver Humperdick. <laughs> Is that not the point of witness protection anyway? It's a wrestling manager's name. I wasn't making a face okay. at you. Oh, I think we're, okay. Uh, we then see a little man unsheath something from his legs, and it was really anticlimactic. Oh, so it's it's just you? Yeah. Oh, and then prod a. Hey, what does he do? What does he unsheath from his leg, and what does he do with he a looks nurse like with a it? Screwdriver. It's. Is um, it just like? <laughs> she walks by. No, a really tiny, tiny Inigo Montoya. No, what it is, I think, is like um, some sort of um, crude spike of some sort that he's he's smuggled in because he's got a bit of a cork on the end. So that's a, a spike of some sort, isn't it? And he takes the cork off, and he's gonna kill the guy who is up in the witness protection. But the nurse sees him undoing that in the stairwell. All right. She screams. Is like ah. As if and he's then, got like a machine gun. So I thought this was intentional. I see. I thought it was the opposite. I thought this was intentionally done to lead Frank away. No, I don't so, think so. Because there's two of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think so. So guy number one no. runs away. You follow him because when he comes back, and it's not again, not a short chase. No. But when he comes back, buddy's buddy's dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's having a cardiac be, arrest. Not because of anything that's happened. Well, not that we. Well, maybe. No, but, but we're I, not I, shown it. I no, we're not shown. I think that guy, because you see him throughout. He he is the guy who's the hitman. He's man. so sloppy in this he part, is though. Very, he is sloppy. <laughs> the fact that the one that got me is he like opens the stairs to the ground floor because what's his face has told his other man to go ground floor, and he opens this door. So this guy on ground floor is on highest of high alert because he knows someone is in the building trying yep. to get to this other guy, and a door opens on a like he is like perpendicular to this door if you're on high alert you are noticing any tiny piece of movement does he know does he even flinch yeah does he buggery like oh mate wait till later because i have said the score is great in this part it was yeah it was like the, the, the dung 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 of the cello. Frank loses him after an escape through the window okay ross is a cardiac arrest uh the old school ekg machines are weird they are it's like it wasn't even like a beep. It was like a, it was like a yeah, knocking yeah, sound. Yeah. And then when you and die, it's, it's beep. And, and, it's, and it's one little thing where you yeah. don't see the actual full. You don't see the actual thing. It's just it's just that it pings. Yeah. yeah. Really weird. Yeah, it was. Uh, he dies. Frank says to the doctor, I need your help. I want the case kept open. But the doctor says, hey, his chart could be misplaced. And I was like, cool. The doctor's going to be like a, like a character in this. No. Not so much. No. <laughs> uh, um, Frank then tells Del Getty he wants a John Doe for Ross in a private ambulance. And they sneak him away. And then we have a. And so they drive. He goes, go. City morgue. And then all of a sudden you cut to a, to a car and you're like, oh, okay, here we go. So this is a car that's following the hearse or the, no. the ambulance. No, it's just no. Frank in a different car. Different car, different scene. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he does parallel park like a boss. <laughs> I did see this and go, oh, I wish I could do that. Yep. Yeah, he does. He does. He then picks up some frozen dinners and I'm saying, movie has time for this. For, okay. It was a very fancy way of picking up. Of is, is, frozen, is frozen dinners, right? But I didn't think. Did you do frozen dinners for ovens back then? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought they came about because of microwaves, and that went until the no. I think it, I think it changes him. No, but the idea about yeah, you you can still buy frozen dinners back still and put them in the oven for sixteen minutes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was very I confused because he, like, but then he was like, I was thinking, I think I was thinking too much about it because he's like, he's picking up like two of each and he picks them up very methodically. I was like, okay, so now we're going to get a shot of his wife being like, you put no effort into anything, and like, why can't you spend more time with me? And actually, I don't know, develop a character. It's not his no. wife, though, is it? 
No, it's just... Or whoever, it's she, whoever she is. I mean, again, that's not even established, really, is it? No, like, not so much. Well, they're trying to say that being a copper and doing the hours that he work, he's not going to keep anybody for long, is he? They don't give a time for that story <laughs> to develop. No, I know, yeah. but it's, it's kind of hinted. Um, Chalmers returns to the hospital. He's not happy to see Ross has been moved. He wants to speak to the supervisor. And then he's surprised and unhappy when it's not the same supervisor as last night. (laughs) How dare you not live here? This gets me as well, because they're like, they, when they see he's not in the room, their first thought is, well, he must have been moved. Someone's taken him. Not, oh, he's died. And then there's this other cop (laughs) and they call him captain as well. At one point. And I don't know who he's shorter. He's the one who's like pro Chalmers. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. He's a shorter guy. Still kind of fat, but... Is he not the higher-up guy from... Later on, he's still subservient to to the big captain. To the big captain, yeah. But they also call him captain, because he says the captain wants to speak to you. Yeah, maybe that was a a wrong misplacing of captain. So, this is Captain Baker, apparently. Uh, I've got my notes. Is this the same one from earlier? And then I went later. I went, no, it's not the no, same one from earlier. No, it's not. He wants to see the chart. This would be Chalmers. At first, he's told no. Then when he's, when the, the, the cop shows his badge, yes. Then it can't be found. And says, Captain Baker wants to speak to Frank, but Frank hangs up the phone on him. And I've, I mean, Frank's eating cereal. That's the scene. No, sorry. He's not even <laughs> eating cereal. She's eating cereal. He's he just, just having a coffee. He just wants coffee. Yeah. And it's a very big bowl of cereal that oh, she wants. Mini wheats. Oh, I love with cereal. Like mini wheats. Yep. Tiny, tiny thing of milk. I'm like, that is not enough milk. And for it's that not cereal. like a tall. No, the milk. thing I noticed was that it was like, it was like a tall, like skinny milk pour. It was like, it was like a small bowl being poured into <laughs> yeah. a bigger bowl. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, who has got the time to pour well, some milk know. into some a little vessel? But only to then to use that little vessel on your cereal. What's the um, point? Just use the jug. Delgetti tr- is trying to get the hotel clerk to remember the two men from before. There's a reference to a guy with a square face who hit the clerk, and I think it's the police chief. I'm wrong. The clerk identifies the cab company. It's the same one from earlier. And, yep, it was Robert Duvall after it all. Was. We're going to get lots of shots of Robert Duvall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was a really good job. Is that this cab company? It's obviously a big enough and recognizable cab company that he's able to go. It was this cab company, yep. and the first cab he tries from this company is the one that had the guy <laughs> in it. Well, no, only- he told him the number. Yeah, they have a number. He told him the, the number car. of the cab. Okay, two six one three or something. It was like six How nine. Did you see so what are the odds that's even close to being correct? Do you think you are six correct? Nine, nine, one, no, three, I'm just I okay. Spouting numbers. I remember it was it was four numbers. Sixty nine in it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we see Frank is being tailed during the trip around. He's making calls, all sorts of stuff. He's we all tracing the steps, isn't he? Yeah, we see the cap. I don't know how he gets the numbers. I don't know how he figures. The- how does he get the numbers? What the calling numbers? Yeah, maybe once a- once you're able to identify what the what the what the phone booth was, I guess they can probably pull the records of what numbers have been called. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Um. So then we see Captain. Uh, we see the big captain and these Chalmers are going to church. Turns out it's just the big captain. I guess this is where we go. He can't be a killer. He goes to church. I like the big captain. Yeah, he's all right. Um, he's offered a deferred bribe and goes, "Look, we can both make a lot of money if we uh, do what we want to do here." And he turns it down and backs up bullet absolutely. And then we find out Chalmers is going to turn on the big captain and make him personally responsible for the delivery of Johnny Ross because he's running for mayor, isn't he? Chalmers. He's going to run for public office. We're not told specifically which office, but public office. But that's the could be mayor. But that, that's the sort of stuff that aiming for. Isn't it? Sure, yeah. To yeah, so, yeah. to sort of live large off the government money pit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Frank then meets an informant called Eddie. 
right in front of a nudie joint poster. <laughs> was, well, oh, this is the arty stuff you're talking about. Well, there's there's loads of different arty <laughs> stuff I like. I know, right? Liam, your hand picked up in like... <laughs> I see what you it's not, it's not. It's not working, is it's it? Not, it's not really the best timing for it. No. <laughs> I, like, I like the use of silence in this film. I like the use of, um, you know, just him with movement and i like the long shots for per, per, focus pulls and all that stuff i like all there were some things. focus pulls i noticed i those. do like all those sort of things and i think that's the early days of this yes it's a little bit you know Trip. it's not no. it's not it's not the early days of Sorry. focus pulls but i'll say that no Sorry. i mean i've been trying to do you had me more i'll tell you what you had me more with cool hand luke oh, okay with this yeah. Because Cool Hand Luke, I mean, they were trying everything. That was the my one. I'm like, they're not nailing half it, but they're trying everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one, not so much, but it was less blatant. And may, maybe there's a subtlety in this. I don't know. Uh, also, it's my well, it's my first time watching Cool, but Cool Hand Luke made it hard to ignore it. But yeah, maybe because I'm busy looking at story and trying to figure out what's going on in the plot. Maybe I'm not. I'm not getting all this. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um. So. Um, he gets some accurate intel. That was Eddie's job. And then Frank goes back to his car and figures he's being tailed. And in a really cool kind of moment in the, you know, something that, that Tom Cruise would later say, I'm going to use this for Top Gun. <laughs> he goes from the one being tailed to the one doing the tailing. And the score is great. And it's all jazzy. And then the bad guy puts his foot down. It's, hell, it's, but it's, it's building, isn't it? Yep. It's building the scene. And then the bad guy puts his foot down and we just kill the score. And it's nothing but motor engines. And I think it's, it's better brilliant. for it. I do. It it would be better for it if the scene, the car chase, wasn't genuinely about 20 minutes long. We will talk about how long it was later. It wasn't 20 minutes. <laughs> because it, 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 it like broke it. me. It was I, was, I got bored. I think there's about, only so much you can do in a car chase if you've not got multiple cars or helicopters or like fire nah, engines. I can beat or, you on this. No, because you're wrong. No. Let me rephrase it. You know the, the thing that's a lot simpler than all this stuff that you could fix this with? dialogue yeah yeah mm. someone else in the car for it to react so yeah. quiet it just it's too quiet i got, I got bored me. like if this was a rush hour movie right you'd yeah, have chris rock car. beside jackie chan going like going like yeah what we, going like we're all gonna die or something yeah, like that right again, though, it's your opinion of what you like and what what you want to see Li- but liam that's but, what that's what the podcast is dude yeah, yeah. no that's what i'm saying okay i'm saying that <laughs> but i'm saying my opinion is i like the fact there's no talking i like the fact you only hear the cars i like the fact it's 10 minutes and 15 Right, I hear you, but I, just like we said before. I, I like that. When people pitch other things, we just make sure we don't take it as a personal affront. No, That's I'm all. not, I'm not. But um, I know that George is going to trash all over the films I'm going to pick. It doesn't matter. Ah, it's, it's, it's okay. No, hang on a second. I will not trash over p- films you pick. I will trash over films that I don't like. If that happens to be films that you have picked... No, that's true. That's, that's true. That's fair, yeah, but that's I fair do enough. not trash but on them because you've knew, picked them, and that's no, not I didn't, that's a not what I meant. that I want. Thank but you. What I, but that's not what I meant. But I knew that coming into this, you were going to poke at every single thing. I'm going to poke at this film too, right? There are things about this film I go, what the hell was going on here? What was this all about? Overall, I like this film mainly because of the car chase scene. So I, I will defend the car chase scene because I, that's the thing that drew me as a child into this film and why I liked it and why I remembered it. There must be a reason why I haven't seen it for 15 years. Right. That might be the rest of it. But still, I still enjoy this film. And the car chase scene, I will defend because I think it's better for it not having the score. I think it's better for it not having... I like the silence in this film. I like the fact they use silence. They're not afraid to use it. And in this, it's great because all you're doing is you're watching him 
it's, it's a cat and mouse thing in this car chase. And you see it again later, but with people through an airport. It's a cat and mouse. It's, and I like that. With people talking, you'd be distracted from that. It's all about the, the men and their machines and who's going to outdo who and who's chasing who and what's going on. And that's what I like about it. There's this great scene later on in, in this car chase scene where he reverses up. He hits into another car. I don't think that was meant to happen. But I like the fact it happened. I like the fact that the car is scraped and dinted and he's not perfect. You know, he's a rough around the edges kind of guy. Yeah. But I thought he was going to say something. Oh, I am. I am. I, I always am. Um, that's fine. And you can the end of the car chase anticlimactic? Yes. And you can like or dislike all these things. And I think it's important that we always remember, though, whether it was our pick, whether it was someone else's pick, people are allowed to dislike the things we love. Yeah, that's fine. And it's not a personal affront. But you know that I'm going to get a little bit more. I do, but Georgia also deserves the ability to say what she says without being told this is because I picked the movie. You don't like it. Yeah, but that's what I just said. That's not how I meant. What, what, and I explained why. But I am going to get defensive about certain things. And I do bring certain films to the, the podcast. I could just give in and just go, right, what will people like? I'll pick this rather than pick stuff I like. But I don't. I bring things that I like to see whether I still like them from when I watched them way back when to now. Right. Can I pick them apart? I can't pick Grease apart. Yeah, we noticed that. <laughs> I, I can't pick The Crow apart. But You're are, okay with The Crow. You're okay with The Crow. there are things about other, other films that I want to see now after all these years and see if I still like them. See if um, it works in today's um, view of, uh, eye view. And most of them don't. And that's okay. Because they are 40, 50, 60 plus years old and that's okay but i feel films like this are only going to get lost as time goes on because the younger generation won't see them won't understand them won't give them the time of day it's boring it's this it's that but that's not always what it's about but i don't think that's this either because i think we've all watched things like uh angels dirty faces i think we've watched things like casablanca i think we've watched things like singing in the rain i think we've watched things like uh i'm sure what the other one was oh it was the sydney portio one just sort of love yeah and these are all yeah. films that are old and we could easily go well, i don't think the younger generation like this because they're old but it's, it's, it's not been the case here but there are things the, the ability to go look if you're the kind of person who loves a card she's seen chase, chase scene that's great last week i was the guy who didn't like or two weeks ago i was the guy who didn't like dancing scenes dancing scenes young <laughs> and sweet but you know and for that part then i check out and it can be eight minutes of the greatest car chase scene there ever was not the answer for the question um <laughs> And if you love car chase scenes, then you have that moment where you're looking at it with joy. And if you're not someone who likes it, then you get bored. Yeah, I understand that. Okay, so that's kind of where we're going for. It's okay for someone to like it. It's okay for someone not to like it. What we do is we give our opinions. We we, 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 we make some fun, but we walk away friends. We're always friends. Okay. You know that. Clap, 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 clap. <laughs> but you like this because that gives interesting listen. <laughs> oh, I like, I like friction. <laughs> I don't know if I have this. I don't know about this. Like whiplash. Because uh, whiplash it. was different. Because we were having. Because at no point when you went, I hate this. Did Ethan or myself go? Oh, I knew you weren't gonna like it. No, because that's, that's making it personal, isn't it? I know, I know. Yes. And I do, I do feel certain films. I do feel personal about. And I don't mean to. As long as you didn't make it. I don't mean to infringe my my affection for certain films or certain scenes for things to affect other people. And I know that. 
there are people on the other side of this microphone or who are listening to us who will go, oh, yeah, I, know, I see what Liam's saying and I do, I, I, I side more with him. But there might in be... Gen- you mean in general about... In, in general. Yeah. But there also might be people out there listening, like Georgia, who go, no, you're wrong, you're wrong. But that's their opinion. Certainly. You know? But I think, as a podcast that we bring to the world, <laughs> actually, um, it's, uh, we, sh- we do have a diverse caliber of films that we we take bring to the table and i think we're also diverse in what we bring um and that's great i like that um but i don't and i, I do get a little bit hit up and i do i don't mean to fall out with people <laughs> because i still <laughs> love you all and you georgia <laughs> the way you was just looking away um but i do i i'm passionate about how what i watch and 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 what I see, and you said, you know, I can't look at it from a clinical point of view. I look at it from you an get emotion- very emotionally attached. I get emotionally yeah. attached. Somebody, for instance, showed um, me a short clip of this guy. He was bet a bottle of vodka that he couldn't crawl through this pipe from one end to the other. Right? It distressed me so much because he got stuck in this pipe. Right, and that took a couple of hours to get him out. Now I put myself in that position, and I got so stressed out. I had to walk. I had to walk out because I don't want to watch that. I don't want to see that because I've put myself in that situation, and I don't. I can't watch it. I can't watch films and go, "Oh yeah, he's just chopped his head off, and that's great." You know, I've I've literally got a scene from Grey's Anatomy paused because I know when I hit on pause, the lead character is going to like chop off a finger in like a meat slicer (laughs) accident. Right. He's arguing with his dad and he's using this yeah, like meat yeah, yeah. slicer to help like get meals out for people with COVID. And the, ever since he turned it on, I was like, oh, he's going to lose a finger. <laughs> he's so going to lose a finger. And he's a surgeon, right? Yeah, so he, yeah. Oh, yeah. You so, need your hands. But I'm like, he's mad. And you can do a close up of the slicer and it goes to him when I'm so he's grunt. I'm like, oh, I had to pause. I'm like, I know he's going to lose a finger. I got to turn this off. I can't do this. Yeah. And I can't. I will go back to it, but I, I just couldn't do it. I moment. just have to tap out of. And, and that's why maybe I should try and watch films in a where i don't put myself in a situation or get passionate about or, i wouldn't say the watching i'd say the reviewing you do t- just wish when 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 the things you love come under scrutiny yeah i would go just remind yourself that it doesn't change the way you feel about them. i know but in the 2022 eyes they don't always hold up more or less they're not going to hold up are they i think this one's fallen for that i think this one's falling well it's not because of like moral reasons mm. not in the way that rocky rocky was was was, was a hard one yeah, yeah. Remember Rocky? Um, that was a hard one because we feel that as a society we've shifted on some things. We have, yeah. Uh, and and, and you were sort of pushing a bit back, not on that, but on the idea of, guys, we can't view this through 2022 eyes. You got to remember, yada, yeah, yada, yada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one, I think it's just. Well, I think, I think the kind I mean, of films that you like, this isn't one of those things that intersects with what, for instance, but probably the most opposite person of you is the person opposite you at the table, which is Georgia. Yeah. And so I think it was, there was going to be that to begin with. And then, you know, if it's been a few since you had one that someone was like, well, it can be easy to go, well, there's a pattern here and it must mean it's a me thing. And it's not a, it's not a you thing. It's just a movie no, thing. I know, but um, it, it does, me and Georgia are very similar in when you spike something in us. I'll say this, you're both very similar in that you both love the things you love. <laughs> and you both get a little tetchy about the things you don't. <laughs> yeah. Okay, George, <laughs> I will say that Georgia just like begrudgingly nodded in your head. <laughs> just in case anybody thinks that on the other side that she's walked off. <laughs> no, I am no. still here. Yeah. Um, so, so there is that. And so the thing is, occasionally you guys come on the opposite ends. Let me rephrase that. If it's two people who are going to come on the opposite ends of things, more often than not, it's the two of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Ethan and I are more likely to laugh and kind of watch the world burn a little bit. <laughs> I do like a bit so, of so, so, so for all the stuff that, you know, as we go along and it's like, oh, you pick on Ethan. Ethan's probably very similar to me in the way we see some things. I think yeah, 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 the, I the biggest disagreement you and I have ever had was, I think, during Obi-Wan. I think that was more just a reading, which. I was just a reading. Pretty, yeah. yeah the other thing, like, the other thing was when you decided to talk to me about what the 90s were like. And I was like, would you just shut up and let me explain what it was? That's where the whole Quantum Leap joke came from. <laughs> Like friends of mine have told me, like, shut, I am a friend of yours. I am telling you, shut up. <laughs> I lifted. Yeah. <laughs> but there is that. Am I, yeah. am I, am I, I'm going to leave this all in. Am I good to move on? Yeah, we're good. Yeah. George, am I good to move on? Please. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, for me, I think I would have enjoyed the casting more if, like, the pacing before wasn't as strange for me. Because I was kind of struggling to pick up where we were, and then the chase scene happened, and I was trying to get my bearings. So many hubcaps come flying off in this scene. They do. They I do. think if you can, I believe I read somewhere it was five, which is nuts because it was all from the same car. Did you, did you also <laughs> notice how um, he passed that beetle four times? No, I didn't notice that. There's a green beetle that's going slow. I did notice this, that there's damage on the black car in the front left fender. Yeah. And then in the next shot, there's no damage there. So yeah, it was obviously yeah, yeah. a shot from later in the sequence that they'd put in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, so there's a couple instances of that, which is references to, but I saw that one with, with my own eyes. Yeah. Uh, Frank eats some dirt. Uh, they think the bad guy's like, oh, we got rid of him. I mean, the baddies hit the rail. Um, at the time of the film's release, the exciting car chase scenes featuring McQueen at the wheel in driver visual scenes generated prodigious excitement. Leonard Moulton has called it a now classic car chase, one of the screen's all time best. Emmanuel Levy wrote, in 2003, the bullet contains one of the most exciting car chases of film history, a sequence that revolutionized Hollywood standards. And in his obituary for Peter Yates, the director, Bruce Weber wrote, Mr. Yates's reputation probably rests most, more securely on Bullet, his first American film, and indeed on one particular scene, an extended car chase scene that instantly became a classic. It begins in the Fisherman's War Ferry of San Francisco at Columbus and Chestnut, um, and then uh, it's followed by shooting on Hyde Street, then Laguna Street with shots of Coit Tower and locations on and around Filbert Street, then University Street. The scene ends outside the city at the Guadalupe Canyon Parkway on San Bruno Mountain near Brisbane. The route has been mapped, showing it in geographically impossible to take place in real time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I have visited some of those places. Yeah. Uh, San Francisco was chosen. It wasn't really a hotbed of a time of filmmaking. I think we all know films that have happened since. Uh, Speed is a big one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speed, San Francisco. Um, Mrs. Doubtfire, I want to say, is yeah, San Francisco. Miss, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they did get into it, and they ended up giving them a lot of... They shut down, like, whole portions of the city for a day or two at various points. The only thing they wanted that they didn't get... Go on. Golden Gate Bridge. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I did Which is that. the iconic... Yeah, yeah. it is. Um, am I right in thinking he didn't do all the driving scenes? He, uh, he, did, he did, like... He did a large part of it. Yeah. Uh, my next note. Although Steve McQueen was credited with driving during the chase sequence, it was actually shared by McQueen and Bud Eakins, one Bud of Eakins, Hollywood's best it. stunt drivers. Yeah. For the interior looking forward shots inside the Mustang, it's easy to see which one's driving. If McQueen's driving, the rearview mirror shows his face. Yeah. If if the um, mirror is up, therefore blocking it, it's it's Eakins driving, yeah, so yeah. it'll hide his face. Because Bud Eakins also did that famous scene in The Great Escape where he jumps over the fence. Excellent. Um, which I haven't seen. So there we go. Okay. Uh, according to Peter Yates, Steve McQueen made a point to keep his head near the open car window during the famous chase scene. So audiences would be reassured it was him and not a stuntman who was driving. So I think you have to see in that regard there then, like he's kind of like the Tom Cruise of his day in the yeah, idea yeah, that yeah, he yeah. wants fans to know that he's actually doing these stunts. 
Well, Steve McQueen was a pioneer in um, uh, motocross racing, like off-road. Yeah. Because um, he, but him and Bud Eakins um, both went during the weekends um, and raced bikes and uh, customised bikes to be able to go off-road. So, yeah, they were very good, good friends for a long while. Uh, the director called for maximum speeds about 75 to 80 miles per hour, which is about 121 to 129 kilometers for Australian, I think Australian, definitely our Canadian listeners. Uh, but the cars, including the chase cars filming, sometimes reach speeds of 110 miles an hour. That's 180 kilometers an hour. Oh, um, my God. Yeah. Driver's point of view shots were used to give the audience and participants a feel of the chase. Yeah, this is the part I didn't like because the cameras were just too, like, they, you couldn't, yeah. if that was, if that wasn't in San Francisco, Probably better for me. Yeah, yeah it was yeah, all yeah. the up and down and up and down. I felt like I was watching the Blur Witch Project meets Fast and Furious. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, strange thing is, I quite like that. I like the fact. Yeah. That you see how big my TV is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Motion sickness yeah. legitimately occurred. Basically, yeah. a car simulator. This is <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true, and you can hear it all took, the bumps and grinds. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it's like you said. I took the worst parts of Blair Witch Project, and I know you hate Cloverfield. So it's like those two things combined. I haven't seen Cloverfield, dude. <laughs> oh, well, you should no. Feel no, 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 no. Maybe the idea of it, or maybe I was, maybe I was just posturing, but no. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> That's usually more your gimmick to pretend, not mine. <laughs> I read it on Reddit, so I thought I'd share it. <laughs> <laughs> now, everything's on Hive now. Oh, the I've never heard of Hive. Is that the it, new Twitter? It's the new, tw- there's like seven new Twitters, and I can't oh, understand. We just taught Liam how to use Twitter. I'm not changing. Yeah, I'm like, I'm staying on Twitter unless it literally shuts down. Or if it becomes like a pay service, then I'll bail. But Yeah, if it becomes a pay service or there are like just too, too many racists or something. A filming of this sequence took three weeks. Wow. Whoa. Multiple takes were spliced into a single end product, resulted in discontinuity. We talked about the heavy damage in the side of Bullet's car passenger side. Uh, the Charger appears to lose five wheel covers with different ones missing in different shots. Yeah. In one scene, the Charger crashes into a camera on a car. Yep. Yeah. And you can see that. I saw that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Bullet's reverse burnout during the chase sequence wasn't in the script. He missed oh, his turn. Love it. So the footage they kept and ran with it. It's brilliant. Steve McQueen lost control of a car and smashed into a parked vehicle. Sorry, that's yes. what I've seen. His then wife, Neil or Neely Adams, begged Peter H yeah, to use stuntmen. Uh, so when McQueen reported for duty to find stuntmen, Buddy can sit in his car dressed as McQueen. He was furious. He was, yeah. Originally, it was supposed to be scored, but Lalo Schifrin suggested no music needs to be added to this. This is powerful enough as is. Right, exactly. The baddies shoot at Fran. Fran? Frank? Frank. Frank. Oh, I'm Fran. I and, thought he was going to smash the window, but he winds the And then down. the baddies eat a petrol station, and then they start burning. And there's no beat where he gets out and looks at them. We just see a quick little burning thing, and then we're right into the precinct. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it yeah. needed. You were right. It is anticlimactic, the ending of it. It is, yeah. And this, and as far as the movie goes, these are our two baddies. This is it. Yeah, and I just gives. you've just had a 10-minute, ten 10-and-a-half-minute yeah. scene. And you get like eight seconds. Yeah. And then we're out. Yeah. Yeah, we needed more. I uh, generally thought this was the end of the film when I first watched it. Yeah. Do you, you know think what I mean? Almost, be- almost as if this is like what we've set up to be the storyline. Well, these so were two baddies. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay, this should be the end. And nope. Oh, no. This other ca- fourth act. So back at the precinct, this other captain from earlier, not the big captain, the medium-sized captain, <laughs> states that Chalmers could be a big help to the police force. You're like, okay, so he's got, this is the mole. This is the mole in the police force. Chalmers is bad. This is how it all lines up. Uh, <laughs> Frank comes clean about Johnny Ross being dead. Frank wants to chase a lead about a Mrs. Dorothy Rennick, who Johnny Ross phoned earlier. And 
we then have we see the friend of Chalmers going out in a precinct car, so there's no cars left in all San Francisco for Frank. So he has to call Kathy to give him a lift in her little motor. There's a nice British word. Do you think that was just to give her more screen time? Yes. Because <laughs> that was ridiculous. Well, well, it's so you can set up this next scene. Yeah, I know, but why? She wouldn't come in and follow him. Oh, I got more than that coming no. here. So Frank gets the room number for Mrs. Rennick, and while he's up there, a black and white comes flying in, and we focus pull back to Kathy, mm-hmm. who feels she must do something. I don't know why, no. but she pursues the uniformed officers who make no effort like she's almost knocking them over in the corridor makes no effort to stop them we can see there's been a bloody strangulation and no one noticed that kathy was there frank's the one that's why he's a detective he notices (laughs) these things uh he drives with her for a bit he's driving now not her and then i do like how he stands in her way though yeah he protects her and gets in the way and makes sure she can't see kathy so then she gets to get out and they they sort of sit down by this little inlet Mm mm-hmm and Kathy gives Frank a hard time about not really knowing him. My direct line for this, where the fuck is this all coming from? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, plot. There's, there's one thing to go, you're always like, oh, you're such a bad boy, Frank Bullet. <laughs> I can deal with that. But then it turned into like, oh, that wasn't flirty. That was a re... Shouldn't you have come back to this at some other point anywhere else in the movie? Yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. stupid. <laughs> We we needed our character conflict it's like twenty if, minutes before the end. It's always as if they went, nah, you know, someday in the future someone's gonna have a segment on a podcast about the role of women. <laughs> Best we give us some dialogue. I would just like to let you know, guys, it made it worse. To be fair with you, I didn't I couldn't remember her voice. I was like, wow, her voice is really low. It's really British as well. Yes, it is really British as well. <laughs> yeah, I was, because I've been watching like 1960s Doctor Who and they just, it all blends into the same kind of British. She says, you live in a sewer, Frank, day after day. And he goes, that's where it is, half the time. How can you become part of it? Looking more and more callous. What will happen to us in time? Time starts now. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> also, why does she think that? And like, clearly, the relationship's not working anyway because it's not. She's upset anyway. But like, why? If he's unless he's bringing this home all the time, which he wasn't necessarily. I mean, he had to answer the phone a couple of times in the night, but that's because he was on like a special yeah. mission type thing. And you go, I'll come back to this later. But yeah, there's something else. What's, there. what's going on? What's going on? I've just got my notes. What was the point of this? Yeah, what's going on? There was no point in Back that. to the precinct. They've brought her luggage in. They break in. It makes me feel like buying locks for your luggage is pointless with how easy this was. I know, right? They were going to Rome, whoever they are. There's a man's suitcase which throws them. The suitcase belongs to Albert E. Rennick, and she is Dorothy Rennick. And this is what threw me, because when I first started the movie, I turned it on, and I kept saying, so-and-so played Albert E. Rennick. We haven't met Albert E. Rennick yet. But the, it was because that's the guy who I thought was Johnny Ross. <laughs> oh, but I'm like, who's this yeah, Reddit yeah, guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a little bit confused. So I thought there was an extra character. I was naming him Reddit. I'm like, oh, that other guy must be Reddit. No, it was, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do, you know what I lo- do you know what I love about this scene? They break open the suitcases, right? They're looking at everything. They're yep. handling everything. And then they go, here, dust this for prints. Yeah. You haven't even worn no, any no gloves. gloves. The, sh- the shade of evidence is ruined. It's ruined. <laughs> um... So uh, there's no tickets and there's no passport. And that makes them go, hmm. Down to the morgue, there's an autopsy, autopsy on Mrs. Rennick in progress, who I thought she had her throat slit when we first got in there. But it yeah. turns out she was just strangled. Frank That's is horrific for a strangulation. Yeah, it must have been like garroted with like yeah. some sort of wire. Frank is watching, but is shortly joined by Chalmers. 
who apparently can just go wherever he wants. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, badge. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, you can come in. Are you actually anyway. a cop? No, I'm thinking no. of running for office. That's all he needs <laughs> to say. Yeah. Chalmers wants a signed admission that Ross died in his care, and they all go to the captain's office. And I missed how this actually set up, but we kind of get like, it's like half a printer, half a fax machine, half a photocopier. It's, it's something, isn't it? Yeah. And then we find out that the guy we think is Ross was actually Albert Reddick. I like how that takes ages for it to just... I was, really, I was like, what are they doing? Is this box going to explode? <laughs> oh, my God. It you, it didn't have to be as... I get why. Gee, it was... It they were trying to create tension, weren't they? Yeah. They were in the wrong way. Yeah, it wasn't tense for me at all. No. Um, so they go. They rush to the airport, and they ask if Albert Rennick has checked in. And they go, yep. So they said, okay, we need them to check all the passports again. Uh, Delgetti manages to get to the gate and goes behind the passport checkers and looks for the right name over his shoulder. Why well, just whisper to him, Albert Rennick? Yeah. And then if it's happened, just like, hello, Mr. Rennick, this way, please. Yeah, yeah. But they all go by. They're like, what's going on? It turns out he's going to Rome via London. Now, I don't know how their computer system would know this or how their well, computer system. It's 1968. Yeah. Oh, I just thought yeah. they, like, he, for, some, for whatever reason, he managed to figure out that we were on his, they were on his tail, so he swapped his flight. Last minute. Well, they say last minute. Maybe I he did. Thought, yeah, I, thought I thought he'd always intended on swapping his flight. Uh, the, well, he's, he's being chased by the mob, he thinks, so maybe yeah. it's not a bad idea. Yeah. Um, the plane is already taxiing. I've got, is that the right word? I think it's the right word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Frank and Chalmers have another showdown. Chalmers wants him. He says, he's my witness first. I get him for my deposition. And in a quote that came up every time I looked up Chalmers from then on in, Chalmers says, we must all compromise. And Frank's not feeling that because his direct quote is bullshit. And I'm like, this is the <laughs> most character you have shown all movie. <laughs> now I get why the captain's like, he's my guy <laughs> frank sees johnny ross and johnny ross sees him when he boards the plane johnny ross jumps out the back door and runs down the tarmac what's this remind you of? i've got my next line is this where heat got their ending from <laughs> i was gonna say the same two guys running slowly through an airport <laughs> it's an even longer heat. at least the heat one was scored at least the I put, I put airport chase scene at least the, at least the heat both lead actors had like star yeah. power and charisma yeah, 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 and you yeah. hadn't oh and how how would it have been better if like it was like steve mcqueen and then another version of a guy like steve mcqueen with a goatee would that have made this movie better how how right you've just gone through airport security on a plane how's he got a gun did you see him with the gun and now he's out of the plane he's got a gun Uh, there are some shocking things like pre-9-11 like the stuff that got by people really yeah now it's also an international flight which is shocking that's crazy. Like if you look at some of the statistics, like things that when they do like internal like checks, like before nine eleven, security was very lax because he didn't pull out a gun while he was on the plane. No, no, oh no, no, he just literally. And then also, I never even thought of that. You know what I mean? And then the gun comes out somewhere. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't even assault anybody to get the gun. Do you know no. what I mean? Johnny hides in a ditch and pulls his weapon, and then he shoots at Frank. Frank runs over after Johnny, and at one point has to bail on the tarmac because a plane's taxiing directly overhead and covers his ears. You know what? They all went to the uh, stormtrooper school of shooting. Yes. <laughs> While filming the scene where the giant airliner taxis just above Steve McQueen, observers were shocked no double was used. Asked if the producers couldn't have found a dummy to do it, McQueen wryly replied, they did. 
<laughs> Funny. Uh, Bullet continues to dodge bullets from Johnny Ross. <laughs> nice. And Johnny Ross continues to dodge Bullet, I guess. And we head back inside. My next one. This movie is just chases. It is. That's it's all a, this movie is. Foot is. chases, car chases, yeah, 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 yeah. running through hospitals, just chases. Johnny Ross is asked for a ticket by someone. He shoots at some people. Frank then shoots him twice and Ross is dead. My biggest issue, one of my biggest issues with this entire film is that this entire third act, which is only probably about 20 minutes, but like is set up on the premise of a guy that we meet with 20 minutes of the film to go. I know he was supposed to have been the other guy, but I I do not ca- I, I don't care about this I guy. thought the red herring was a cool moment. But then... Yeah. I don't think they knew how to get out of it. No. And I'm like, okay, he's cool, he's dead. But like, then, and then I was like, but he shoots him. And I'm like, why did you not just shoot him in the knee? Yeah. We've seen that that can work in this yeah. film. Do you know what I did? And now you've though? got no witness because you've shot him. Chalmers needs to lose. The whole issue we had... Yeah with oh no he's died in your care and then we oh well no okay he's not actually that guy it's fine we can get him and then you've shot him but well, he's shooting a load of people in an airport yeah so you're gonna like, have to stop him and bring him down somehow yeah you shoot you, him in the knee yeah but you can't yeah, but the idea armed, is that, that frank can't get screwed for this because no. frank's a hero for this yeah. and also what i liked is when um uh ross uh shoots the copper outside and then he leans against the door and he can't open the door. Yeah, this is a dead body, you, man. You idiot. Um, Chalmers then gets into a car, and as he gets in the car, it's like a really low angle shot. Here's one piece of cinematography I liked. And he gets in, and the car that's driving him says on a bumper sticker, support your local police. Yeah, it does, yeah. And then drives away when all he's been doing is getting in the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like that. That was clever. And then, Liam, you said a siren gets louder. What do you mean by that? So. When that uh, when he gets shot and he's dead and Frank goes over and put the coat over him, yep. do you notice how everybody around him is like, oh my God, look. And they're all watching and then all of a sudden they go back to their normal life, like yep. nothing ever happened. Yep. The siren gets, that's coming, I guess it's an ambulance or, okay. or a police car or something. Sure. It just starts getting louder and louder and louder and louder. But then everything's tend to just stop. I know if that was just him numbing everything out and it was metaphorical or if there was actually a siren getting closer. Well, maybe that is. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's why I thought you were... I was like, oh, that's quite clever. But it, but it was clever either way. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what I'm glad of. Electronic sirens now that we have on our ambulances because <laughs> I did not like the siren noise in this film. It made my it's head disturbing, hurt. disturbing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Talk about the serving. Bullet goes home, looks himself in the mirror, stares at himself as he washes his hands, and then the camera just has a shot on his bullet sleeve, on his on his uh, whatever you call that holster, holster harness, whatever. Mm-hmm. And we cut to black, and that's a movie. So he's left damaged. I liked how he didn't say anything. I liked how it was just it is, and if you're doing that day after day after day after day. You are going to get tarnished, aren't you? I, if this is his normal day, which the movie yeah, would have yeah, us suggest, yeah. this is this happens in San Francisco every day. And we, yeah, but also look at Dirty Harry. He's San Francisco based, isn't he? Yeah, it's in a Dirty Harry movie. Oh. So you can believe it. So Clint Eastwood, right? So he's jaded. He's you know hard, and he's hardened to all these things. And I think that's just one of those things. You either live that life and try and bring justice, or you get out of that life. And I think that's what she was trying to say to him earlier on was that, you know, I can't go down this route if you're going to be this guy. But he's too far in now not to yeah. be that guy. Yeah. Which actually is a similar conversation they had in Heat. That's why Pacino and his wife break up, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think they just watched this. <laughs> I think they did. Is Dirty Harriet in The Godmother? 
No. I was going to say, I think I've seen an Australian remake of Dirty Harry. Uh, nah, this is a survivor named a character, Dirty Harry. Um, so, a tragic note. Bill Hickman, the guy who was the driver of the Charger in the famous car scene, yep. was highly experienced in driving stunts and in racing. 13 years before of his film, being a good friend and actor of budding race driver James Dean, he was accompanying Dean to a race in Salinas, California, driving a station mm-hmm. wagon and car trailer while Dean drove ahead in his Porsche Spider. Dean died in an accident on the way, and it was Bill Hickman who had to take his body from the wreck. Wow, I never knew that. There you go. Oh, my, you know how much for James Dean I, I do. am. Jeez, I, I never knew that. Um, and in case you didn't hear, George, uh, Carlo brought this to my attention, actually. You couldn't have found better time for this, man. Steven Spielberg's <laughs> remaking the film, and his choice for the lead, Bradley Cooper. I'll hmm. be interested to see what they do and how they deal with it. I think Bradley Cooper can, can do this. He's a big enough star. Yeah, yeah, He'll bring more emotion to it. Yeah, there'll be more dialogue. Definitely. There'll be more dialogue. I think it'll probably be paced a bit, not quicker, but like more. I, I wonder know, if that'll make a big deal of the car chase scene again. Oh, you have to. If, you, if you're remaking the, Bullet, you ha- the car scene will yeah. be a big deal. And will they choose a different car or use the same car? You know, the same. In the seat, well, Mustang. Is it set, fastback. Is the same which, year or is it modern day? Which, 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 which car company is going to pony up? The thing <laughs> is, you can't change the car. <laughs> change James Bond's car. If you can change that, you can change anything. No, I know, but you look at, like, Knight Rider, the car is the star. When you think of this chase scene, that car is the star. Yeah, the driver's the star. If a company paid them enough, they would turn, they yeah, they would turn would. Knight Rider into a motorbike. He's 100% right. He's 100% right. Um, like, Bumblebee stopped being a, a beetle, which is literally what he is, yeah. and they made him into, like, a, into like a Dodge Charger or something like that. Or, yeah. It's a good film, but it's such a stupid choice. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, the money. It'll be set in the modern day, uh, Ethan. I think it has oh, okay. to be. I think it has to be. A, it's going to be a Jeep Vitara. It's going to be a Jeep Vitara. <laughs> All right. So that takes us to that. So... We're in the end game now. And we are in the end game now. Liam, we need a random word, buddy. Mustang. Mustang Sally. Mm-hmm. All right. Double the money, money, money. Uh, $4 million budget. Right. $4 million. What does it take home? Let's start with Ethan. 22. Georgia. I've seen it. Okay. Liam. 35. You're closest. 42.3. Whoa. Massive hit. Yeah. Which is why I'm sorry. I, I, I literally never heard of this. Weird. Reverend Bruce was well up for this. Yeah, oh, good. Go yeah. Reverend Bruce. It's like I've he- I'd heard of Rebel Without a Cause. I'd heard of Cool Hand Luke. I'd never heard of Bullet. Really? I really? thought you yeah. wouldn't have heard of Cool Hand Luke, but would have heard of Bullet. Oh, no, cool Hand Luke. Something. It's referenced in Cheers. Sweatiest movie of all time. Sweatiest <laughs> movie. Guy, every other cartoon ever. I love Cool Hand Luke. Uh, I'm just looking for the Oscars. I know for sure some facts, but let's take a look. I know uh, it wins. I know one of the awards it wins. Well, then there you go. Don't go yeah. ruin it for everybody else. Uh, two Oscar nominations. Anyone want to have a guess? Best picture? No. <laughs> Best. What, for all, for all the right character development in this film? <laughs> uh, score. No, actually not score. I'm quite surprised by that. Um, Would you believe best adapted screenplay? Oh, okay. How's the next one? No, because there's no dialogue. It's not true. Oh. (laughs) I don't know. I heard the the screenplay was written on a napkin or an envelope. (laughs) Like your notes. I think there's there's another version out there that's on the cutting room floor. Um, Sorry, you know when people like use the analogy, like tell me on a postcard, like they took that literally. Literally with this this movie. movie. (laughs) Um, Best sound, nominee, nomination. Okay. Also nomination for best editing. Yeah, that was the one that blew my mind. How and can the, that be best editing? Well, that's what it wins for. 
How yeah, does it win for best editing? Well, it's not transition from scene to scene. I'll tell you that oh. much. <laughs> you got to look at that car scene. Yeah, you got to look yeah, at the car chase scene. That's nothing but editing. Yeah, it's, it's got to be that. Yeah, it has. has to, has to, has to. You'd hope so, because and regardless of the incontinuity, yeah, yeah like the, the every um, it's still a great scene. The sudden, the sudden cuts and like confusion of where you are, like in the story, it it has to be the car chase. Who would you cast as who? I respectfully decline. Okay, <laughs> Liam Steve McQueen. Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> Ethan is, for me, Ethan's is number two. Do you think so? Yeah. I don't know if that's good or bad. It was all right. I liked him. And who are you, Robert okay. Duvall in the cap? <laughs> Not Robert Duvall in the cap. <laughs> You're the cap, aren't you? I'm either the, the captain or I'm or, or Chalmers. I'm, or, I'm, or I'm Chalmers. I'll yeah, be happy yeah. with either one of those. Yeah. So you, let me know, which, be a bit both. Let me know which, which one to do. The one that would be more fun to play would be Chalmers. Chalmers, of course. I'd yeah. have a lot of fun with that. I'd be, dis- I'd be disappointed he doesn't do it in the end. Chalmers, but- Chalmers come across as quite all right, and then he comes across as slimy. Yeah, he's just slimy as a politician, I yeah, guess, yeah, at the end yeah. of the day, but yeah. that also leads you to thinking he's the bad guy. Yeah. yeah. And Every then George time. is still going, no? Still the, the, the I'll clan? Be the, I'll be the doctor. It's like, oh, I could lose the sheet. There you go. There we are. Every time you say Chalmers, I'm thinking of the superintendent from The Simpsons. Super I, I Nintendo don't... Chalmers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My Super Nintendo Chalmers. That's one of the greatest puns ever. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, we've got in the notes here, does this film have a villain problem? Yes. Yes. Because <laughs> I can't make I up the mind. I still don't know who the villain is. Because you've got two choices. You can, you can do a whodunit. Yeah. But then you can't kill him off in the two-third mark. No. <laughs> And then you go, is it Johnny Ross? Well, Johnny Ross just wants to get away. He's not really a villain. No. And is it, and and kind, is it it's kind of Chalmers, but he's, he's, he's getting in the way. He's an antagonist, but yeah. he's not a villain. He's no, just, he's, he's just a, a, he's like an obstacle. He's an obstacle. Yeah. yeah. So yes, the other kept moving and not in a good way. Yes. Right. Yeah. Chalmers is like, uh, the, the dick, the guy that they call dickless in Ghostbusters. Like, he's just annoying. I don't know that well enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in um, Die Hard. He's the reporter in Die Hard. Oh, okay. He's the same guy in Ghostbusters. Oh, really? He plays the same sort of character. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's just just a bit of an... He's just an annoyance and a deterrent. What should this film have been called? It should have been called uh, Cat and Mouse. I mean, Bullet's such a weird name because it sounds like pew, pew, Bullet. It does. Yeah, yeah. that's what I thought. Yeah. I, and then you, you spelt it uh, like at the end of the episode. Yeah. And I went, oh, did you listen oh. to it? God bless you. Yeah. And I was like, well, okay, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. The naked girl. Catch me if you can. <laughs> not, not bad. <laughs> not bad. Calloused. Calloused. <laughs> The Frank Bullet story. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, shit! What's the what's the the, the film that Michael makes? Uh, threat level level midnight. Threat level midnight. <laughs> no, threat level midnight. Can you tell is a I've been rewatching film. The Office this month. Uh, whose story is it? It's following Frank. Oh. Johnny Ross is it? <laughs> I guess it's Bullets. It's it Frank's is. by default. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And it shouldn't be. Uh, what is the story? Oh, it's a really loosely based one. Well, I think that was about three different stories in one, wasn't it? They didn't yeah. know where they were going to go, who they were going to do. I what? mean, it wants to present itself as a police procedural. Here's our case of the week, but in long form. Mm. Movie long form. And you kind of play a bit of cat and mouse, huh? With, um, 
what certain elements of a story are going to be. But it's, yeah, it's a, it's a hard one. Um, a musical inspiration. Songs that should have been on the soundtrack. Uh, I don't think you can do any better than Rihanna's Shut Up and Drive. <laughs> <laughs> Even if that Life song is, a is just highway. a sex analogy. <laughs> if you're going to San Francisco... <laughs> Be sure to wear a bullet in your hair. That's right. Uh, there's songs about shotguns. Shot through the heart. <laughs> you're to blame. Oh, Frank. You took Johnny Ross <laughs> at his name. Uh, some sort of song about the man with no name. Talking about the man in the mirror. Oh, that's good. That's not bad, yeah. For the end, absolutely. But it never ends. <laughs> it just goes on and on, my friends. Oh. Life is a highway. I already did that one. <laughs> Canada's own Tom Cochran, baby. <laughs> and I like the other Rascal version. Flats. Rascal Flats. Oh, yeah. no. Rascal Flats. Oh, the oh brutal. Supremacy. Hey, if you've been rewatching The Office, you've been hearing Tom Cochran's version, buddy. I know, but there we are. I've been watching. I've been falling asleep to the office all the time. <laughs> Which actually, did you give me a yes or a no on that question I asked you? Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll announce that. Yeah, we'll announce that. Why not? Can do. We'll do Can it. We finish the episode first. We'll do it the, no. towards the end of the episode. That's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Remind me. Um, what do we got here? Catch me if you can. I'm feeling down, down. And I do help me. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there we are. Um, hmm. Don't know, really. That's about it. Anything by the streets? <laughs> I fought the law and the law won. I fought the law and the law won. Uh, role of women, Georgia. Absent. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. I mean, most uh, films of the, this the caliber. The role of women in this film would be better if she didn't exist. I would agree frankly. with that. I would agree with that. So they pigeonholed <laughs> in a relationship for him. Yeah. When actually, if it was just, if it was like the usual suspects, if it was just a yeah. and it's a movie about men yeah, and it's a, fine. it's a bunch of men, but it's like yeah. they tried to go, we should, you know, we should let a woman have some, should we? Yeah. yeah. And we could give her some dialogue. Are you yeah, sure about yeah. that? Don't worry. Don't worry. Not too much. Can the women I... folk handle that much dialogue? <laughs> Do you know what I think though? I think that because he was seen as a sex symbol, which, was he? Was he really? Yeah, he was, and I don't see why. I don't get it. I don't get it either. No. But because he was seen as a sex symbol, I think they needed to keep up, and as more his ego that was keeping up that appearance. Okay. Of, you know, because I mean, he he married. Um, she was very attractive when she was wearing the button up and no and no trousers or anything like that. So that uh, eating and eating shredded. I love shredded wheat. So you know, because <laughs> he um he also uh, married Ali McGraw as well. Did he? Yeah. Okay. As so he was he was always with different people on screen and he was always uh, uh I think he tried with Faye Dunaway, but Faye Dunaway would not have a, a bar of it. Oh would you not? No. Okay. I'm pretty sure anyway. Um favorite I'll start with George to see if she's got one here. Favorite character. The doctor. Okay. I liked him. Ethan. Oh god. Um I think just because we spent all the, I'll just say, I'll say, I'll say bullet because we spent the most time with him and he gets to say bullshit and that was funny. Yeah, yeah Frank. Frank Bullet. I'm going to go with Super Nintendo Chalmers. <laughs> I, knew, I knew you would. 
Uh, also like the captain a lot. Also yeah, like the um, Del Getty or whatever his name was a lot too. So there was, yeah. there was a short list. I liked him. I also liked uh, Duval in his real small part. Yeah, you cannot tell from you know some parts you watch like actors and like some bit parts like you can tell he was gonna be big because he made the most out of that. Yeah, yeah not Robert Duval. No. <laughs> yes. Do you know the funny thing though? He looks old there. He does. I thought I was worried I wasn't gonna be able to point him out. Yeah. And then it was really quite easy. Uh, George, the cab driver, was the old man who helps Tom Cruise race race cars in Days of Thunder. Oh. He's also the guy who owns the newspaper in Newsies. Oh. Go home, children. Go home. <laughs> this is for you, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> you said no one goes to the outside on turn four. That's how he wins. Yeah. He got some advice <laughs> on the car chase. Um, best moment, best element. Let's start with Ethan. Um, I like, I do like the fact that they're not set. It's all real <laughs> locations. I think that's really cool, especially for when a lot of older Hollywood films, I say that's so 68, that's not really that old, but like that sort of era of films, they still have mainly sets. I do like that. It's all real. It, I think it, it adds to it. Georgia. The real doctors in the hospital, because I think that did, I, I could tell that they weren't actors. Um, and the so it's the realism that you were drawn to that george has been studying realism the last few the last month or so at, at, at school I fucking hate thomas hardy <laughs> um that and the the guy who played the cello in the school i liked his dum, 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 yep. Dum, dum, dum. Yep. um i really like the car chase scene um that's what got me into this film and i also like the use of silence in this film and I also like the... It's, it's favourite. It's just like you're, you're going to start listing things like it's your grumble. <laughs> well, That's no, not supposed to be a listing. It's the best moment. Well, well, it's a combined. Oh, jeez. I like the car chase scene is my big thing. But uh, I do like... I do... I think they do this a lot in the 70s and the 60s. They do these like long shots where... You keep coming back to this. Yeah, because that's, I, I, you don't see it anymore. There you was one of the car and it was driving and it was like a helicopter shot and then a very... It, yeah, yeah, and you got to think, right, um, back then they wouldn't have had drones. They would have, that would no, have it's a helicopter. helicopter. Yep. And um, I quite like the fact that a lot of these scenes that you see are pulled back and you can see a certain thing happening or a person walking or a car that you're trying to follow. And then it zooms in. And that's all one continuous shot of that person or of that car. And I quite like that. I'm going to go with the score. Score was great. Score was brilliant. Um, I couldn't decide if it was like, it made me feel like it was like a 1970s TV show. <laughs> but I decided it's kind of what Bullet is. It's kind of like a police procedural dun, dun, TV show dun, dun, thing. Dun, dun. It was of its time, wasn't it? Yep. And probably that's why it's a movie in 68, because probably television in the mid-70s were aping that style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they found Bullet to be influential, so that's probably why it reminded me of that. Mm-hmm. But Schifrin's always on, a, a, a good egg. Yep. Do you say it was based on a book called Silent Witness? Yep. I swear there's a show called that as well. There probably. Is. Doesn't mean they're necessarily yeah. linked. No, Could just be a cool title. They're definitely not. Okay. Uh, um, what do we have here then? We've got... Oh, how long is the car chase? Liam told us in his rant earlier. Did he? Mm-hmm. I'm only guessing, though. I think oh, okay. I think it's about ten and a half minutes. Sure. I think. Yeah. Ethan, I'm gonna go eleven. Ethan technically wins. Ten minutes and fifty three <laughs> seconds. You did say that. You said exactly you know, ten minutes fifty three. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I must have read that somewhere. Then. There you go. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, 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 said, I, need, that? I need to listen to that back. I'm now, sure you said that. Yeah. Did I? 
I guess I'll hear when I'm doing my quality control this week. Uh, <laughs> once we get past the therapy session, I'll check and look and see what happens. Over, just over 10 minutes. Um, so the next question then becomes, in Georgia, we've just had a big speech about about no listing. So uh, a grumble. Lack of plot. Succinct. Look at that. Look there at it is succinct. Um, do you want to qualify it or do you just want to say that? Uh, no, I'm, I am mirroring the film's... <laughs> <laughs> that's true we can't have we can't have the woman say too much <laughs> also, if i if i was abrupt trying- cut <laughs> over to me Liam. to one of the white men yes there we go one off so just your mic okay okay my grumbles yeah uh grumble well there are well i, well, I, I had I appreciate it. It's the same every week, buddy. Not just because you like this film. No, I know. But I do have grumbles of this film. The first act really drags. Um, you don't really know what's going on or who's who, what's anything else. It isn't until the car chase scene that it starts to get a bit more momentum and then it loses it again. And you're just like, well, I thought that ended here. Why, why are we yeah. dragging this out? Why are we doing this? Why is the guy in the airport got in a gun when he's just been on a plane. So you kind of wish the film would have hit the brakes? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's my grumble. That's your grumble? Okay. Look, the fact that I felt like it should have been over before it was. Yeah. Okay. Ethan. The pacing of this film feels like I'm going through uh, treacle because it's so slow and it just kind of meanders for so long. And I think it takes like 30 to 40 minutes before it kind of kicks into gear what the story is. And then it stops again, like Liam said. Yeah, you need a pop filter for that. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I have one. It's just, for the, for the listeners at home, my desk hasn't arrived yet. Yeah, he's my new place, currently got the so computer I'm- on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with uh, character development needs to be a thing. It does. <laughs> I like characters. It's probably why I like dialogue because dialogue helps characters reveal their motivations and what they want. And this film decided to have very little dialogue and even less character development. It'd be interesting. Sorry to interrupt, but it'd be interesting to know if there was actual script. Yeah, it's probably why I I like Chalmers so much because Chalmers kind of tells you what he wants. Yeah, what he really, really wants. He just wants a cigar. cigar. (laughs) Give me a cigar. Now here's the story from eight. Sorry, stop. (laughs) Uh, to get Johnny Rush, you better listen carefully. <laughs> um, anybody's best role ever. I haven't seen anybody in anything else, so no, I can't, I can't qualify. No, Steve McQueen's best role. Nope. And that's also not uh, Robert Vaughn's best role. Oh, Robert Vaughn, I've seen him many things. This is not his best role. No, 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 no. no. Um, I think it's time for... I never want to hurt my age. What's my age again? What's my age again? honor of today's therapy session rage game rage game let's all play the rage game what do we got uh, so first we have steve mcqueen he looks bloody old he does look old in this he? but um he's not that old he uh, can't be 37 41 um well we 68 yeah 39 uh, I'm going to give that, ooh, that's both Liam and George, actually, because he, in between both of them, uh, he's 38. Oh. That's how numbers work, yeah. Oh, you don't get to decide who gets it. The math gets <laughs> The math tells us. It's not a judgment you know call. Do you know what, though? He looks a lot older than us, doesn't he? And we're like, yeah. we're like four years older than him. Yeah. George, uh, especially, no. sure. Yeah. <laughs> 
Next, we have Jacqueline Bissett, who played the only woman. How old was he again? He was 38, right? 38. Okay. 25. Uh, 23. 26. You are. I don't know what, like, Georgia and uh, Liam have, have taken, but tw- it's a They're between both because it's 24. Wow. <laughs> cool. Neck and neck. So 14 years there. 14 years, yeah. Wow. Uh, we have Robert Vaughan. Ooh. Which one is he, please? Chalmers. He's Chalmers. Which yeah. one? He's the politician. Yeah. The dark-haired one. The dark-haired guy. The really dark-haired. The guy who kept coming the in. The kept getting in the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, the guy yeah. who, who mobs the other guy at church. 33. Um, 40. 40. I'll go 42. No, no one's close. He's 36. Wow. No George is closer. <laughs> you said, what, 33, you said? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Did you? Uh, next, we have Robert Duvall. Can I say I'm really surprised by that? Yeah, I am. Yeah. Robert Duvall, the taxi driver. Yeah. Pardon me. Um, Jeez, that's what we got purple, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Is um, Liam counting on his fingers? No, he's farting. <laughs> <laughs> Just cracks his cheek and says, pardon me. I didn't know if I picked up on the mic. Uh, <laughs> picked up when you picked up your butt cheek. Um, Robert Duvall. I'll say 32. Um, uh, yeah, 32. Yeah, he's got to be younger, isn't he? Uh, 30. 36. Uh, George, you're the closest, 37. Wow. Yeah. So he didn't get a start with like leading roles, till even even like decent roles, till his 40s. Wow. Wow. Uh, and then finally, we have Don Gordon, and I didn't write who he played. I think he's he's the, he's the assistant. He's he's Delucky or whatever his name yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, Delucky. He's he's Delucky. Bullet's buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. try to picture him. Thirty-four. He's the guy who goes down. In, you know, he says, "Can you go downstairs?" Oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah. The really, he comes the, out. The really Thirty-seven. Thirty-five. He's forty-two. Uh, I'll oh. take I'll take one. I got one today. <laughs> I won that. Yeah, yeah, you did. Georgia has going? three. Well no, four. Georgia got four out of yep. five. I'll do it. Wow. Did you really get... Oh, because you kind of like got some as well. You tied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Thank you very much, Ethan. It's now time for uh, the critics. The critics, as Liam said, was it 96%? Was that right? 98. 98. So there we go. Um, I don't well, know what it is on, on IMDb. IMDb. It was seven point something, I think. Yeah, most, most of them are seven. Seven point two or something? Seven point uh, four? Uh, it is 7.4. 7.4, yeah. there we go. Yeah. And 98. So what do we have for our, our the good, the bad, and the evil, Georgia? Uh, so Dave Kerr from the Chicago Reader says, there isn't much here, and what there is is awfully easy. <laughs> okay. Nice and succinct. I quite like it. So we start with the bad then, so much rather than the good. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, then we got Douglas Pratt from the Hollywood Reporter, who said, even though the story almost makes no sense and the Oscar-winning None. editing has several illogical cuts, Bullet is an exquisitely satisfying motion picture, particularly if there is still an adolescent boy lodged somewhere in your psyche. <laughs> There you go. Liked. And then Roger Ebert Ibs. says, Ibs. Uh, McQueen <coughs> is great in Bullet and the movie is great because director Peter Yates understands the McQueen image and works within it. He winds up about the best action movie of recent years. Yeah, and that's the guy doing it at the time, at the time, who knows who Steve McQueen is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All that stuff. 
Um, so there we go. Uh, I put out a fleece as I'm known to do. Is this a great film, good film, okay film, or poor film? Early results were low. It did rebound to say 40% called it a good film. 30% a great film, 20% okay, 10% poor. So there's where we have not a huge amount of play. Part of that's because I, I was quite late in the process getting it up there this week. Okay. So we've only had about six hours. So there we go there. Uh, Georgia, what did our uh, friends of the podcast have to say over on the Patreon? So we have got one from Katie McRae. Hallelujah. <laughs> Adjacent. I'm not a huge Steve, Steve McQueen fan, but I realise this this is a classic Steve McQueen movie. I just don't feel his supposed cool or sex appeal factor. Bruce and I disagree on this point. However, this movie is pretty amazing as far as action movies could be in the 60s. I do see why the 11-minute car chase on San Francisco seats is con- streets is considered remarkable. The movie was worth watching, if only for that scene. There are several creative cinematic camera angles and such the plot was a bit confusing all the bad guys look alike bullet's relationship with jacqueline bishop seemed pointless to the plot and bullet has no personality does the guy have any sense of humor i thought it was slow i thought it was weird how many of the suspenseful scenes had no soundtrack oh is this still her no okay much like um you know one of some of the scenes in this movie george just kind of ended it (laughs) <laughs> but then we didn't really know it was over? No. No, so... No, okay. we're going into the other scene. So, yeah, we're moving on to the next scene with very little transition. What do we got? Uh, Reverend Bruce this time. Oh, we, oh we just, just press the, the, same, the same clip. We're, yeah. we're okay. Uh, who says, Bullet is a classic, but here are the downsides. One, Jacqueline Bissett is gorgeous, but otherwise simply awful. Steve McQueen plays a tough guy who plays by his own rules. There is no need for him to have a love interest. She detracts from the d- image and the story. And every time she talks, the dialogue is so bad it's painful Two, the ending georgia will agree with me two people running stupidly through an airport like heat no not again <laughs> <laughs> the fact that everybody picked up on heat is hysterical. Yeah. heat had to be influenced it, it had, had to be, to be influenced be. by this it had to be three bullet has a com- has a completely convoluted plot the plot is so confusing that half the time i have no idea who's doing what or Same. why or when Same. but the convoluted plot simply doesn't matter who Please tipped why? off the hitman that's what i want to know <laughs> the cab driver <laughs> I, yeah <laughs> one frank bullet is the greatest movie name ever invented two the jazz quartet playing in the bar is mesmerizing makes me want a glass of wine in a pub late at night three the san francisco setting one of the most beautiful cities in america gorgeously shot four the car chase is the greatest car chase ever filmed those san francisco streets are as steep and scary as they look in the film there is no cgi or green screen the fast and the furious will forever try to top it but they never will it's 11 minutes of car chase perfection five steve mcqueen he's handsome he's badass he's rightly called the king of cool he has serious sex appeal and those piercing blue eyes. He's ever calm and confident. He's not just an actor. He's a presence. I don't get it. I don't get it either. I'm with Katie on that one. I think he he's a presence. Like a I do think he's a presence, but I don't see him as a sex symbol. I don't don't get that. Bullet is his greatest performance of all of his movies. Steve McQueen just is. Kate McRae thinks I'm crazy. She doesn't think Steve McQueen is handsome or sexy at all. So please address our disagreement. Is Steve McQueen a handsome, good actor okay. or not? Round the table. Is he is he a handsome man? No. No. He's just a bloke. He's yeah, a, I don't get it. I got James. You tell me James Dean's a good looking guy. I'm like, yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah I get yeah. it. I don't get this. No. You, you tell me, uh, what's his name from Cool Hand Luke? 
Oh, oh Newman? Newman, yeah, good looking, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out of the three, and you want to best looking dude by a mile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at Paul Newman. Yeah, Paul Newman's a good looking dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No wonder Steve McQueen had a thing about him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he hated him for years. <laughs> He's the Brad Pitt was Tom Cruise, yeah, the other way around, yeah, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, is that it? Yeah, and then finally we have got Richard. Was he a good hey. actor? No, uh, he didn't. He couldn't show it off in this movie. He, if he is one, he's, this one doesn't show. He, it. he was a good actor. If you watch it, m- most of his films, yeah. I've seen quite a few of them. He reacts more than dialogue, if that makes sense. He's, uh, he's a reactor more than a... I guess you have to buy him with the idea that he's cool. If you buy him not, the idea that he's cool, then it would come off like that. He's acting. not very good with, with, with words, I don't think. Okay. But, but to react and have that screen presence, yes. Uh, sorry, you said the last one was Richard. 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 Who says, had never seen this despite it being famous and popular and directed by Peter Yates, who's also one of my favourite movies, The Friends of um, Eddie Coyle. The car chase lived up to its reputation as I knew it would. Robbery, another um, Yates film, has a great car chase in it where the hills of San Francisco are replaced by quiet British housing estates. It's worth seeing. There's something quite thrilling about criminals in sports car tearing by houses that look like where your nan used to live. (laughs) I'm sure I went somewhere his work (laughs) in the film was what got him this job. Anyway, bullet. When too many hubcaps aren't flying off the same car during car chases, this movie is incredibly slow. You know... What I like to see in my police procedurals: parallel parking. You know what else? <laughs> Trips to the grocery store. No, but seriously, I was actually really absorbed by its languid rhythms and incredibly gr- granular attention to detail in the police process. Yates clearly has a thing for this, as the heist planning in Robbery is similarly similar. Similarly. Similarly detailed. I can't say. I hate that word. And other than his natty pajamas these scenes of details and routine are the only real window we get into bullets character we sure as shit aren't getting it through any dialogue no, no. speaking of mcqueen the king of cool is not so cool in this picture unlike other um laconic is it supposed to be iconic iconic yeah. probably okay stars of the era like clint but it seems to seems like a shell of a man broken ground down by the job that there's barely anything left this really comes across in this tense vacant performance not sure we needed the lecture from his girlfriend towards the end to underline this point smack us over the head with it yeah. uh, literally her only scene two other than the one where she eats an enormous bottle of shredded wheat <laughs> before i saw this this film was the film was the car chase that's all you ever hear about and i guess given the low-key nature of the rest of the movie i can see why mm. however i am now angry at the world for not talking up the airport sequence at the end to a similar degree. Michael Mann obviously loves it, though. It's kind of like heat. <laughs> we summarize. all have said it. Wow. <laughs> to summarise, it's kind of boring, and I like it. Sorry if it's rough and rambly. I've had a few beers. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I like it. I like Richard. He's a good addition. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, so thank you very much. That's the last one you said, right? Yeah. All right. There we go. So let's take a look now at uh, what the Fledgling fandom had to say, shall we? So let's start with uh, i had it and i just lost it one moment here we are uh let's start with resident posty russell literally three minutes ago hello hey, russell. russell well done this is my late dad's favorite movie of all time starring his all-time hero starting around to watching it there's still a massive frame photo of him next to where he used to sit to watch the tv he thought he was the coolest man hope you enjoyed as much as he did well i think liam did i did um Paul Lord of the podcast Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. I was actually very surprised Ian hadn't heard of this. That being said, I haven't actually seen it myself. All I know is it stars Steve McQueen and has a highly rated car chase scene. Looking forward to Liam's old school film school. Thanks, buddy. 
And finally, Carlo from the movie Loot, a kindred spirit for you, Liam. Okay. Love it. One of my favorite police crime films. The car chase is iconic, but I love how much it relies on actual police interactions and work. Steve McQueen is the coolest dude out there. And Carlo, that's impossible because you are the coolest (laughs) dude out there. If you like this film episode, you'll like Heat. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. It's weird, though, how we all picked up on that. Yeah, you're not wrong. You know? You, um, have, you have airport chase things. I think it's just like, obvious that it's like wearing it's on its sleeve there a little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, anything else? Um, hmm. uh, probably probably for Dirty Harry dirty movies. Yeah. Those, those police movies of that generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Um, so there we go. Um, so it's just time for our ratings. Our ratings. What did we think? And let's all try to be friends at the end of it. <laughs> let's start with Georgia. Well, I'd like to preface with this with a score I'm going to give it is not the lowest if we include all of the different individual Patreon scores. So I would just like to put that oh, out there. Okay, fine. <laughs> Liam doesn't have to be maddest at me. Um, <laughs> I. I do have grievances with the film, not only in... I I don't like the genre for one thing, so that's always going to be difficult for me to connect with it, but I did not like the way that it was filmed for most parts of it. I didn't like the way that it... The la- I didn't like the lack of score. I didn't like the lack of dialogue. I didn't like the lack of plot development. And these things for me are important in a film. I think as much as Ian is kind of like character and like dialogue driven, I like a good plot. Like I like something to happen in a film. It did just. Can I can, can I can I jump in for one second? Because <laughs> yeah. you're pausing. Yeah, I was looking. At you. I am the guy who says story above everything. Yeah, that's my gimmick. So yeah. when you're like, Ian likes dialogue and characterization, but I like story. I'm like, I'm I, I'm Mr. <laughs> story above everything. Yeah. Okay, back to you. That's okay. Yeah, no, no, I was kind of like jumping on your bandwagon okay. for a second and going, I struggled on this one because of the lack of it, and usually then when we have that conversation, it's usually because it's a particularly visual film, and I'm going, but look at this, it's uh, beautiful, it's telling story through this. This didn't have that for me either. Um, I appreciate the amount of effort and work that went into the car chase scene. I think it's very, very... Mm -hmm. It is the fact that people were actually driving those cars, driving them that quickly Mm -hmm. and doing that sort of thing is very, very impressive. But I I think it needed dialogue or it needed something because I didn't... It it did bore me. Um, And that's that's the honest truth of that. Um, So, yeah, overall, not my film didn't rate it didn't think he was a particularly good actor and the switch at the end for the like oh but this is the guy you wanted and now we're gonna spend 20 minutes with him and you've got to care about it when he dies shit um overall i am going to give this film five hubcaps flying off of cars that only have four wheels out of ten this was quite the apropos phrase to add to that yes <laughs> all right uh let's do ethan next i i also struggle with this i think it just it's a long not long it's not a long film there's a lot of time for a lot of things but nothing much happens during a lot of it and i think it is it partially is that lack of dialogue where you get to you get to tell your story but also i just i don't resonate with the film, like I would, I, I like these kind of things. I was enthralled with Heat, and um, I, I, I think there is there's there's something in here that I really would have liked. But so much of this film was bogged down by 
like these weird edits and we're gonna have the mumbling and i i think that's just more of a of a subjective thing but i just i couldn't get my teeth into it so by the time that i got to the exciting part of the chase of the car chase i just went okay okay it's very quiet let's see where we go from here and then it kind of just fades um and i don't i just don't find that to be a good film for me so with all that in mind i'm going and i i didn't think i i didn't think i'd be the lowest one i'm going four hubcaps out of ten I was not expecting that. Wow. I thought George wow. was going to go lower, and she said five, and went, oh, no, I'm the villain of the episode today. You're always the I villain of the bad. episode, I dude. Feel, <laughs> I feel bad. That was even just, an evil laugh. Wow. <laughs> I, just, I, really couldn't, I really couldn't. That whole time, you two were beefing. Yeah. We had no idea of it. <laughs> we're, we're switching it in the third act. Ethan was the real villain all along. <laughs> You ain't Ethan. I'm strangle you. He's on the plane. <laughs> if there oh, was a Snoke, he's dead now. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Uh, Liam, why don't you uh, bring, bring the average back up a bit? <laughs> okay. There, like George has said, there's no story, really. There's no plot. There's no character development. Um, <laughs> there, there are all those things. Yeah. Okay. Um, the thing that stands out in this film is the car chase scene. And that is what I remember from a kid when I watched it. And that's what I found exciting at the time and still do today. Um, do I like Steve McQueen as an actor? Yes, because I've seen him in other things and he is just more than this. Um, he does have a presence no matter what people say. Um, the guy has something about him. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been the star he was back eh? in the day. Um, he was up there with Clint Eastwood. He if not brighter at a very shorter period of time. Can I ask you a question? Go on. Is it weird that, like, because you think here, you don't hear Steve McQueen as much as you hear James Dean or Paul New. Am I wrong in that? Mm, yes. Okay. Only James Dean was different because that was he dies a, young. That was he dies young. He's only done three movies. Um, and Paul Newman only did something like eight films, didn't he? Or? No, Paul Newman's done loads. He's done loads. The guy, My worked, bad. He's the guy worked from the late fifties. Right, right, he was in cars that were behind. Right up until like two thousands and stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. So uh, <laughs> Paul Newman had done a lot. Um, yeah. Well, uh, so I really, I, I do still love this film. Um, it has a lot of. Uh, I, I, I love the silence in this film. Films don't have enough silence, and this. I liked because you could hear the background noise, whether it's Foley or real, I don't know. But I liked the, the long shots going into the, the, the characters or the car. I liked that they would, they would shoot from outside and you'd see them walk into a building mumbling and then they'd get inside and you'd hear what they were trying to say. Um, I liked all these things. So with that, I'm going to give it seven and a half. I know, right? I'm not surprised. I thought you'd be higher than that. Yeah, so did I. But there are a lot of um, different elements to it. Um, this is a podcast on best film ever. Yep. Um, just because the, one of the best car chase sequences doesn't mean it's the best film. Um, so I'm going to give it seven and a half needed extra minutes in the car chase sequence. <laughs> <laughs> but also the, the first act did drag I a bet, lot. I bet you Reverend Bruce is higher than you. Yeah. I bet you he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... It's difficult because Roger Ebert gushed all over this thing, but I'm going Roger Ebert. It's weird because we, we, when we give something a metric, I know uh, Alex Mason finance struggles this sometimes, 
that just because something gets a 10 doesn't mean you compare it against the next film that gets a 10. I'm like, oh, no, that's exactly what we do here. That's why we have numbers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or else we wouldn't. We just say formative statements like, I really liked it. Yes. So it is designed to have a metric and a comparison's perspective on it. Um, I sh- you can see its fingerprints on other things. We talked about heat. I mean, I'm dead serious when I talk about Fast and the Furious. Like, you don't get that without this. No. That's true. And then and that leads real. to greater innovation. The difference is, much like Singing in the Rain, we talked about technical excellence. We're dealing with the same thing here. So, mm-hmm. again, I have to look at this and go, you, you, you got to appreciate that. If you have any interest yeah. whatsoever, you got to appreciate that. Um, man, the story gets in the way of this thing here. Imagine you, imagine you talking this to a class. This would be a brilliant film to talk about. To break down individual sequences, I'd be all right. Wouldn't it? The problem is when you got to put it all together. Yeah. But to break down, say this. To is break down just to two do. or three key sequences. I'll be great. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Um, it's interesting that when I was asked for favorite character, I came up with every. If you're into Steve McQueen, I think we've seen this. If you're into Steve McQueen, you love this movie. Mm-hmm. And if you're not into Steve McQueen, you just don't get it. Whatever it is about Steve McQueen, if you just don't yeah. get it then you struggle with this movie. And I'm the latter, but I do appreciate what's occurring as far as the car chase scene and what that means and also the idea about... And the the score is amazing. It is. And trying what he tried with location shooting. And so I think the innovations, I'm going to bump it up like a half mark as a result of that. So I ended up going with six and a half TV frozen dinners. (laughs) that I'm going to eat with my girlfriend who just complains about everything. <laughs> <laughs> Did so anybody the, else think that was weird having a fridge at the top of the stairs? I didn't in, see in that. Corridor. I didn't notice it. You come up the stairs okay. into his flat and right at the top of the stairs in the corridor is a fridge. And then you go down and then you go into the thing? No, you go into like like his bedroom on the left. Oh, okay. But it just seemed odd. You have to go up the stairs to get to his flat. But the fact that his fridge was in the corridor. Oh, rather than in the house. Then, yeah. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. In his hallway. Yeah. So the question is, who is the voice of the people? You got a bit of a spread this week. Yeah. I don't think there's a chance it's me. Oh. I'm um, kind of in the middle of this all. Yes, technically. The uh, average comes out at six. Well, I was six and a half. So it's, yeah, closer to me than anybody else. Yeah, yeah. there we go. So, ooh, two, it's, two sevens and a four. So this is a comparison. Oh, well. This is, in, this is up there. <laughs> So whatever you were going to bet Liam about Reverend Bruce being higher, you were wrong. Oh, was I? Yeah, he gave a seven. The average mark for this was 5.8. Okay. Do you want to guess what the average mark was for Bonnie and Clyde? Six and a half. 5.9. Oh. <laughs> but Jurassic World, 5.83. Where is, because I'm betting the lowest is still, yep, Empire Records, 5.73. <laughs> <laughs> so not the worst film of the year. I bet all my films in the bottom 20. <laughs> not to Sir What Love's really quite high. It's a brilliant film. I love that. To Sir. I'm going to see her next year. Uh, Lulu. Are you really? Yeah. To Sir What Love, 7.33. Oh, okay. So there we go. Yeah, yeah. And Angels with Dirty Faces, I thought that was pretty well. That's a, that's a deep cut for us. That's a great movie. But Angels with Dirty Faces, where is that? That's the Angels Take Manhattan. That's not what I'm looking for. <laughs> not that. Uh, that's, a, that's an upcoming one. There we are. Angels with Dirty Faces got a seven. Yeah, so not really. But oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Bonnie, both, it's weird. Both of them were like, both of them had, maybe it's the time frame they were shot and just both of them had really drastic switches. Yeah. And didn't give enough. I felt that's weird because I think Bonnie and Clyde is a considerably better film than this. Mm-hmm. I agree. I'd be very I agree. curious to see what I gave Bonnie and Clyde. 
<laughs> See if I'm just talking out of my backside now. I think I, I want to say I gave it a five. Uh, Bonnie and Clyde. I gave it the exact same mark of six and a half. <laughs> I said I'd bump this one up a half mark for Legacy, though. Okay. So as a film, I might have gone more six. Uh, but you, fingerprints are everywhere. Uh, you gave you gave Bonnie and Clyde a seven. Weird, you choose them and then you give them low marks, too. You gave Bonnie and Clyde a seven. Yeah, because I can objectively look at them and go, yeah, you're right, this, 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 and this. So, And we are looking for the best film ever. Yep. Georgia, do you think you went higher or lower on, on Bonnie and Clyde? Higher. You went lower, four and a half. Did I really? Yep. Ethan, do you think you went higher or lower? There's no way I could have gone lower. I'm sure I went higher. What did you give us? You, you gave us a four, didn't you? I gave this a four. Okay, yeah. five, five and a half. <laughs> okay, yeah. I, 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 I think I said I was like, I think I gave it a five. So five and a half makes sense. Ready for this? Yeah. The patrons gave um, Bullet. Bullet a six. Yeah. The patrons gave Bonnie and Clyde a six. <laughs> 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 so there we go. So interesting. Two birds with the same feather, maybe. They're, they're, I think they're within a year of each other. I think it's yeah. 67 and 68. And Ebert loved them both. So there yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So yeah. I, I, I will not stop bringing these sort of films to the table. Just you, because of the low scores. No worries. You you, you got a while before you pick again anyway. So it's it's like what Ian you can said, ban me from like picking a, if you want. No, we're not going to ban you at all. <laughs> Whenever we, we got some like good a, stuff coming up, though, I'm really yeah. happy about it. Oh, Whenever good. we have like a legacy film and Ian doesn't really gel with it, or like his opinion isn't like sort of like majoritative, he was like. I'm glad I saw it so I can have an opinion yeah. and say that I, I'm, I'm glad that I've seen, because I've never seen a Steve McQueen film in my life. Yeah, that's a good point. So now people say, Bullock, well, great. Good car chasing. Love the use of sound in it. I uh, do. Magnificent Seven is good. Was a car chasing that? No. It's about horses. <laughs> Does it have horsepower? Mustang. <laughs> there we go. So let's talk now about what we've got going on next week. I think I've got a sound clip queued for this. So, oh, so with that in mind so cue georgia to react to this next week we are being joined once again by a bff of the bfe we're being joined by julie hey, who is bringing us a marathon of a film wow we have been recording for three hours and 10 minutes yeah next week we'll still have 10 minutes of film left to watch oh. at this point Okay, so we actually talked about the subject of this film as one of the inspirations for Killmonger. Next week, we are doing a Spike Lee directed film, our first Spike Lee directed film. Yeah. Starring Denzel Washington, 1992's Malcolm X. Wow. So there we go. So big stuff. I love me some Spike Lee. I've never seen it. I've never seen I'm, it either. I, and I love me some Spike Lee. I teach Spike Lee, so I'm really, really excited to see it. Um, it may, may require shifts to get through three hours and 20 minutes if I'm taking notes. But, yeah. So there we are with that. So that's what we're doing next week. George, any thoughts on that? I'm excited about it um, because it's a moment in history that I know I should probably know more about than I do know about it. Yeah. Um, because I'm lucky enough that it's never affected me. Not in a way that not on a personal level so it's going to be very very interesting and probably potentially quite difficult i think maybe to watch this sort of a film especially if it's three hours long of it (laughs) um not that it shouldn't be long if it's got an important message to tell but it's going to be a there's a stamina thing there as someone who's very emotional as well watching films it's probably going to be quite tiring but 
No, I am looking forward to it overall. I am. And second film we've done in the history of the pod that deals with Malcolm X on some level because we did One Night in Miami. One Night in Miami, yeah. Which was really, I really enjoyed that. And I, I struggled that. with that. So yeah, 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 that's true, yeah. I refused to record on it after watching it because yeah. I'd struggled. So. so, yeah, so that's what we're doing next we'll week. See. Wow. Wow. So, uh, please join us next week when we look at Spike Lee's 1992 bi- epic biopic, Malcolm X. Yeah, so Malcolm X. George, you feel like you want to say something? Yeah, I have two things on this point. One, I really do need a head mic rather than a static mic because I could hear myself moving around the okay. microphone during that. You could, yeah. Listening to that back. Secondly... I won't be here for that next week now. So, oh no, <laughs> my lovely little speech there. But I, I'm no longer going to be able to make it. I have a rehearsal at ten o'clock in the morning, and I will not be able to be here until at least half past six in the evening. So, it would not. And then talking about a three-hour-long film that I will have to have watched earlier in the week is it's not going to happen, okay. unfortunately. So, but Ethan, Ethan just found out what we were doing. Yeah. So, Ethan had a very positive response there. Yeah, you, you, you first were like three hours, and I was like. Oh shit! Is it Avatar? Is it going to be Avatar? Because that's going to because I, I don't know where I can find that anymore. And then you went Spike Lee, and then I went, "Oh, is it do the right thing? Is it do the right thing? Isn't that long? I've never seen Malcolm X, and I've always wanted yeah, to. Yeah, I've never seen it myself either. So it's oh, on my list. Yeah, no, I'm so, oh, I'm so excited. To I'm watch just that. about to start teaching my students to do the right thing, and uh, oh, so sick. I always tell them go see a Malcolm X. Uh, no, I was just saying Malcolm X. Go see another Spike Lee film. It's homework, and so I'm going to say, hey, I'm doing my homework. I'm going to watch Malcolm X. So that'll be good. And I think, Georgia, when you commented, I've, never, I've been lucky enough not to have to go through that. You mean that sort of uh, overt and dehumanizing level of prejudice? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're going to our foot in there. Uh, as, as most people, I think we learn so much more about Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. And we learn very little about Malcolm X. Yeah. And they really are a point counterpoint. And I'm actually glad we're going to watch Malcolm X before we ever do do the right thing. Because there's a duality. You have to know both of their perspectives to really get the most out of that film. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think uh, for a bunch of people who live in Britain, <laughs> it would be good for us to learn about Malcolm X a bit more than we have. And so uh, I really enjoyed one night in Miami. I so did. I'm enjoying going and seeing uh, a, a thing that's more focused on him specifically and his whole life experience, not just one night in Miami towards the end. I mean, yeah, he's been yeah, kicked yeah. out of a nation of Islam at that point, hasn't he? Yep. Mm. So we're going to go ahead and take a look at the whole bit with Julene. It's always good to have Julene here yeah. on the BFE. Of course. Yeah. So uh, just before we get out of here, we want to thank one more time our uh, Patreon backers. That would be Reverend Bruce, Julene Hermes, Dwayne Smith, Katie McRae, Ian Davies, Lena Oberholzer, Chris Peterson, Randall Silva, the Yeetmeister, Nate the Great, Cheesy with a fish on a bike, Andy Dixon, Holly Callen, Richard, and Ryan Kukats. And I, I, I feel remiss that we didn't go, Dwayne Smith. So I'll go ahead and put that in there. <laughs> so uh, last thing, do you want to go ahead and announce this out? Can do. Okay. So what we're going to do is. We are going to, I spoke to Georgia because I want to get some midweek stuff on here and easy midweek stuff on here. So I spoke to Georgia about going, hey, I want to relive, not all of them, but I want to relive a smorgasbord of the greatest episodes from a sitcom. And so what we have done is we have put a short list together of four sitcoms that when it's done, when we know what we're doing, George and I will sit down and go, what are the ones you have to cover? And whether it's one a week or one every week, week and a half or something like that, we will knock off one episode of this sitcom and release it midweek. This will hopefully allow us to get a few done up, ready to go Mm -hmm. and sort of just release them as we, as as we need. Yeah. Yeah. So there are four options. And I want to see, we're going to let the Patreon backers decide which of the four shows we're going to do. First. 
Huh? First. First. Well, this year. Yeah. This year. So the first one we're going to do is, potentially, is Friends. Oh, I thought he was going to say Cheers. No. <laughs> I'd love to do Cheers, but there's no place to access it easy. Oh, okay. Yeah, Friends. Also, George's never seen idea. Cheers all the way through to begin with, so yeah. it wouldn't be fair to do like a Here's the Greatest Hits. We'd have to do all of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The next one is... So Cheers is the, not Cheers, Friends <laughs> is, I think, the oldest of the four. The next one of the four, How I Met Your Mother. The third of the four, the American version of The Office. I knew he was going to pick that. And the fourth of the four, very apropos to what we do here, Community. I knew, I, I knew you were going to pick those. So um, all available for streaming on various platforms, at least currently, will be really foobard if they disappear but we're gonna put those up there and we're gonna have the vote run and we're gonna have it run for a while or until everybody's voted uh but which of the four to our patreon backers do you want to hear us go through we'll probably look at doing probably about 40 episodes for the year overall and call that kind of and just hit the gold not do so much in the middle but the stuff that's really really good and once we know which one we're doing i've already got lists for most of them but i'll let georgia have a look at this well and go um, maybe there's something she'd like to contribute besides when i can't sleep i think what would i do and i just start typing up lists so that's the plan there as far as that goes so go ahead get a hold of us and let's just do some midweek bfe thing about having to record double episodes here on sundays till late 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 in the night mm-hmm. so those are the four options uh georgia gets something for that up in the, in the near future i am sure so that is about that. So it's time to put a bow on this one and wrap it up. Mm-hmm. All right. Four. Please join us next week when we are joined <laughs> by Julene and we go ahead and we tackle the 1992 Spike Lee directed biopic Malcolm X. Yeah. Four. Best film ever. Uh, I've been Liam. I've been Ethan. And I've been Georgia. And I guess to certain degrees, this film's been like a nice session at the bar. Sometimes it's not about the main product you bought. Sometimes (laughs) it's about the chaser. (laughs) We'll catch you on the flippity flap. The flippity flip flap.